Good morning. Today is Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. This is a regular meeting of the Building Inspection Commission. I would like to remind everyone to please mute yourself if you're not speaking. Uh, the first item on the agenda is roll call. And also, if you have cell phones, to please um, put them on silent as well. Uh, President Beto? Here. Vice President Tam? Here. Commissioner Alexander Toot? Here. Commissioner Newman? Here. Commissioner Shaddix? Here. Commissioner Summer? Here. Okay, we have a quorum. And uh, next is our land acknowledgement, which I didn't. The Building Inspection Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatish Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatish Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next, for any members of the public that are listening or calling in, the, um, the WebEx, uh, the public comment call-in number is 415-655-0001. The access code is 2594-844-3612. To raise your hand for public comment on a specific agenda item, press star three when prompted by the meeting moderator. Okay, next we have item two, President's opening remarks. Um, good morning to my fellow commissioners, um, leadership at DBI, and the public here. Um, I think we are gonna anticipate a lot of general comments, so I wanna keep my statements brief, but um, I just want to state that we're all aware about the state of San Francisco and, and its um, uh, economic recovery is in a lot of, um, uh, trouble right now. We've got retailers leaving San Francisco, um, but I think the recovery for downtown San Francisco is not, you know, moving as swiftly and as smoothly as we had hoped. Um, I do want to commend the Department of Building Inspection for their efforts to try to balance their budgets. Um, and also uh, on our agenda today is in, in towards that effort is looking at our increased fees. I'm also very um, sympathetic to some of the programs that are, go are going to be affected by this, but uh, I, you know, some of the things that we have read and, and seen are, there har are hard decisions that have to be made in the coming weeks and months. Uh, those are all my comments for now. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, is there any public comment on the President's opening remarks? Okay, um, seeing none, next we have general public comment. The BIC will take public comment on matters within the commission's jurisdiction that are not uh, part of this agenda. Um, and in light of the uh, number of members that we have present, we're gonna almost like limit the public comment to two minutes. And there is um, there was a request for a Cantonese speaking interpreter, which we do have available um, in the front. If you could please uh, indicate, like by a show of hands, how many people may need that, that service? Um, okay, so at the, at the time for um, 
when it comes when the time comes for a Cantonese speaking interpreter, please um, acknowledge we have our interpreter in the front row right here. Thank you. Okay. Good morning. My name is Jerry Drattler. You go so you so you Good morning, my name is Jerry Drattler. I believe you have a copy of an email I sent the mayor and the board of supervisors yesterday regarding the illegal subdivision of 13 housing units into 32 housing units on Alamany Boulevard. The illegal construction at 320 Alamany Boulevard is similar to the illegal construction at 2867 San Bruno Avenue. Illegal construction on the scale witnessed at both projects is only possible where systemic corruption exists. The city attorney's lawsuit has identified penalties that can be assessed against the property owner. The city attorney's task force issued new NOVs, notices of violation, and planning department notices of enforcement in 2022 for violations that were first identified 14 years ago. This begs the question, why were those NOVs and NOEs improperly closed by planning and DBI? DBI building inspectors did not enforce the building code. Building permits were improperly issued and notices of violation were improperly closed. The sprinkler permits for the four buildings issued between 2006 and 2008 were never inspected or finaled by DBI. Why was this life safety issue ignored by DBI? Three certificates of final completion were improperly issued by DBI Inspector Grant Becker in 2008, and the fourth certificate of final completion was issued by DBI Inspector Mauricio Hernandez in 2022. This nonsense needs to stop, and it's the responsibility of the BIC and DBI management to end it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next, next speaker. If uh... they're gonna do, they're gonna speak on this. Good morning, Commissioner. Uh, I'm, my name is Jackie. I'm representing Housing Council from the CCDC Chinatown Community Development Center. I'm here to urge uh, all the commissioner, please do not reduce or start uh, continue funding the CIRA program. By doing so, we risking remove the crucial opportunity to ensure the quality of living for the tenants in our communities. One of the highlights I want to show you guys is the uh, housing counseling team collaborate with the DPI, uh, the recent case with Lorality. Lorality is a com property management company owning several SRO building, 
but uh, during the several year, they have a lot of code violation issues. And for the housing counseling team, they also doing a lot of, such as go through the ramp board and doing the decreasing housing. And by getting all this step-by-step -step, uh, attention, giving attention to the city attorney and asking the task for team finally go check through their all their several building and in finalized they got a lot of code violation such as uh, such as uh, illegal pipe uh, structure and authorizing electrical wiring and also non-functional central heating system inside the building and that's all the work that the housing council and cooperate with the DBI and also the task forces beyond on the debt uh, also, after the inspection, uh, the housing counseling uh, also follow, continue follows the code violation and also uh, cooperate with the property management team to ensure repair and restore all the service that all the tenants raising the concerns. So in the conclusion, I'm try once again try to urge to not please do not cut the zero program and providing a better quality life of the tenants in the community. Thank you. Sorry, next speaker. Hello,早上,我叫刘彦芬,我住在1449Pawa街散房已经差不多30年,我希望各位委员重新考虑 有關散房的項目重新撥款 所以我們打三一一打過很多,至少等十五分鐘左右,他們去找一個翻譯給我們,每次打完三一一都是不不了之無人幫我們的。所以我們就不是那麼傷心的翻譯了。最近這十幾年都是一直華協中心幫我們解
Good morning, Commissioner. My name is Yen Fen Liu. I live in the Asao building, living in 1449 Power Street for almost 30 years. I'm here today. I hope the Commissioner can reconsider the SRO project and restore the CRP funding. In 2014, our living condition significantly decreased because our building owner has changed from a Chinese-speaking landlord to a large-scale property management company, which is L'Oreal Realty. There is no Chinese-speaking staff in the company at the beginning. Therefore, even we, if we want to report to the property manager, they won't listen to us, or they will use the language barriers as an excuse to ignore our requests. We try to call 311 to complain about our building repair issues. I need to wait for at least 15 minutes for someone to pick up. As I can only speak in Cantonese, the staff need to look for a translator to hear my issue. However, I had never heard back for any of the response from the department. No one following up my complaint. That's why I don't trust the language line. In the past decade, I had always shot for Chinatown CDC to assist. Two years ago, the housing council helped us our building to submit a decreasing housing service in the petition in the rent board. Through the mediation, our living condition has changed by a bit, but the property management even hired the Chinese-speaking uh, translator for our main contact point. However, we still need the CDC to assist us for some repair issue. As an SRO tenants, we are lower income, our infusion is limited. I will never forget the frustration and disrespect I experienced while as arising my right to a management company. I'm here today to express my gratitude to all staff at the CDC who has support SRO tenant. CDC, CCDC has always uh, empowered us, even as a low-income Chinese monolingual immigrant, and to advocate our tenants' why. I'm kindly request the commissioner we consider the SRO resident. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, and I just wanted to make a, a brief announcement. Um, our interpreter that's here, can you come up to the front for a moment? I'm, I'm just gonna make a statement that for uh, public comment that requiring interpretation, even though it's two minutes, it's gonna be four minutes total. So that's the for the translation and both. So if you can say that to the, uh, yes. Thank you. Para los comentarios públicos tendrán dos minutos para hacer su comentario y el intérprete tendrá un adicional dos minutos para interpretar lo que han dicho. Thank you. Okay, next member. Takaho,我是华协中心的散访组织委员王春平,在我行程委员会帮助散访家庭团结会,继续留在DBI的预算中,并且争取500万的拨款,我做散访工作有两年纪了,我跟进了150个留言问题,其中有110万个留言问题是
。咁我哋經常同住客講解樓宇安全條例，以及鼓勵住客反映任何嘅樓宇違規問題。除咗探訪之外啦，咁我哋都會同家庭一齊參加唔同嘅活動同埋學習嘅培訓。通過多年嘅合作，我哋同散房家庭成功建立咗一個信賴嘅關係，因為我哋喺同一個社區講相同嘅語言，散房家庭可以唔需要擔心語言同埋文化交流嘅障礙。可以無障礙咁樣使用我哋嘅服務。喺過去嘅合作之中 ，DBI 同埋散房團結會合作良好，一直致力於改善社區低收入家庭嘅住屋環境。因此，我喺度再次懇請委員會繼續支持散房團結會嘅撥款，令到八百個散房團結會嘅家庭成員可以繼續得到呢啲服務。多謝。Good morning, Commissioners. My name is Chenping Huang. I am a SO organizer from Chinatown Community Development Center. I'm here to urge all commissioners to continue to support SO families to help us restore the 5.2 million budget and help us to continue to stay in DBI. I've been working as a SO organizer for more than two years. I have follow up with 134 building. Problems and 115 of those building issues, I communicate with the landlord and we solve them without reporting to DBI. 19 of them I transfer, I trans refer them to our housing counseling team, and I help more than 50 families to solve these building issues. The building issues include the following: ceiling plaster falling down. Leaking, shower room needs to get repair, broken stove, fire, smoke detector needs to get exchanged, the fire escape route is clutter, and a lot of uh, pest issues such as uh, roaches and rats. We always communicate with our residents about the building codes and encourage them to report any building issues. Throughout the years, we've been uh, successfully built a success um, trust relationship with our families because we live in the same community and we speak the same language. Our families don't have to worry about language or cultural barriers. They can use our services without any barriers. And in our past collaboration, DBI and SRO families and SO organizers work together, and we've been able to serve and improve uh, the living environment for low-income families. So I'm here to, again, to urge the com all commissioners to continue to support us and help us to restore our funding. So our 800 SO uh, collaborative members can continue to uh, receive these services. Thank you. Next speaker. Dadahong 我住的樓宇一層有二十户
渗水問題，亦喺我哋無法正常去廁所，特別我家小孩十歲，都要喺房間解決問題。我跟業主反映，很耐都冇有人嚟維修，這樣影響我哋嘅基本生活。我只能求助散房團結會嘅組織員，通過組織員同業主嘅溝通，留意問題很快得到解決。現在組織員定期射滿家訪，散訪留意生活環境有所改善。對於我哋新移民家庭嚟講，不懂英文又得不到任何資訊，非常需要散訪團結會嘅幫助，我哋改善生活。希望 DBR 委員會繼續支持散訪團結會嘅預算。多謝。Um, hi everyone, my name is Yan Fen Lee and I'm a member of the SRO Families United Collaborative. Today I urge the DBI to keep and to not cut the SRO Families United uh, in the budget. I live in an SRO unit less than 10 square meters in Chinatown with three generations of my family. There are a total of 20 households in my building and there are many building problems. There was once a problem of water seepage in the toilet which prevented us from going to the bathroom. My 10-year-old had to my 10-year-old child had to relieve themselves in our unit. I responded to the management and it took a long time to send someone to repair it. I made a request to the building management and for a long time no one was sent to repair it. This affects our basic life. I had no choice but to seek help from our SRO organizers. Through the communication between the organizers and the building owner, the building problem was quickly resolved. Now the SROs regular visit our homes and the living environment of SROs have improved. For new, for new immigrant families who don't know English and don't have any information, they really need the help of SRO Families United Collaborative. I hope the DBI committee will support the SRO Families United Collaborative budget. Thank you.大家好,我叫譚翠平,我很求委員會幫助散房家庭團結會繼續流向DBI的預算中,並且希望不要受感撥款。散房組織員的努力跟進和我們的樓宇管理員溝通樓宇維修和安全隱患都很迅速地得到處理散房家庭團結會幫助我們改善居住環境同時仲舉辦很多的培訓活動通過培訓我了解到住客的權利以及樓
through the help of our SL organizers who help communicate with the landlord. These building issues and potential safety hazards got fixed quickly. The collaborative has helped us improve our living conditions, provide educational workshops for us to better understand building codes, under, uh, and fire prevention workshops and disaster preparedness workshops. Since we speak the same language, there is no language barrier. These services are so important to low-income immigrant families, and I am here to hope you can continue to support our budget request. Thank you. Hello, 省房田建会没有拨款,我们的省房家庭会失去一个协助,请解决组织和争取权益的机会。我希望你们继续支持我们,不要去感我们的省房田建会的拨款,多谢。Hi everyone, my name is Guan Hua Chen, and I am a member of the Estero Families United Collaborative. My family of five lives in an Estero unit in Chinatown. I'm here to urge you to maintain the funding for Estero Families United United Collaborative, in the past, I had ex experienced issues with water leaks in my room and the hallway. Despite reaching out to the management company many times, there was no response or action taken. Feeling helpless, I reached out to the SRO organizers who helped me contact the management company and address the water leakage issue. Thanks to their assistance, the landlord finally repaired the roof, and now we no longer have to worry about ceiling leaks. If the funding for SRO Families United Collaborative is cut, our SRO families will lose an important organization that is assists us and advocates for our rights. We will also miss out on many opportunities to fight for our rights and improve our living conditions. I hope the Commission will continue to support us and refrain from, re from reducing our funding. Thank you. Hi 為我們省房家庭派發餐券減少我們使用路途的次數早出園會定時來家訪我們了解我們樓宇的情況和需求上一次我們的樓途壞了我們初初業主很多次都遲遲未能維修我們有二十户人共用路途煮飯變得更加困
Hi, commissioners. My name is Lee Ching Wu. I am from the SL Families United Collaborative. I'm here to urge the commission to continue to help SL families to stay in DBI's budget and help us restore our funding back. My family of three lives in a very small SRO in Chinatown. I have two kids. I have a two-year-old son and an eight-year-old daughter. The collaborative is very important to us. They, re they really help us, especially during the pandemic, they, and um, help us to fix our building issues. Our organizer would come to visit us regularly and understand our building conditions. Last time, my, um, uh, the stove in the kitchen was broken. Since we share the stove with 20 other households who live on the same floor, it's really difficult to cope. And everybody who live on the same floor, they couldn't use the stove. My kid, she was so hungry and they couldn't get any food. I feel so sad as a mother that my kid couldn't get to eat. And uh, eventually this problem was resolved through the help of our SO organizer. I'm so glad and so thankful for their help. We are low-income monolingual families. The SO organizer speaks the same language as us, so we don't have to worry about language barrier. I just cannot imagine if we don't have the collaborative anymore. I don't know who to go to when I have these problems. So I'm here to really urge you to continue to let us stay in the DBI's budget and help us restore our funding back. Thank you. Hello, 今天我們又見面了我相信你們都聽到很多我們的家庭去說關於劉宇維修的問題 我女兒問,為什麼你喜歡你份工呢?人家下班的時候,你先上班,夜晚的時候,人家又打電話找你,你要繼續復訊息,回人家的電話,週末的時候,家庭遇到問題又是call媽咪來,你好像成天都不得
my 10-year-old daughter asked me if I like my job, and I said yes. Um, she's asked me why, because I have to wake up earlier than our families. I have to answer their phone calls. I have to support them. It doesn't seem like I'm home very often. Um, I told my daughter, mom likes this job because when I first immigrated here, I was also a member of the SRO Families Collaborative, and I want to help back. I know how it has been very supportive for me and our upbringing. Um, I know the commissioners, you all work very hard, um, but I urge you to support us um, because our livelihoods here uh, in the U.S. have also, um, we've also suffered a lot. Thank you. Uh 由於個黃金大細以食自行的野的大個擠逼,我哋屋企將個啲野放下,個通道通過組織員個探訪我哋才知道走火通道唔可以擺放任何野,全在安全人運,散訪團結會為我哋舉辦防火安全知識,教育我
and so then the CR program to continue to support all the families in Chinatown and all the other neighborhoods. Thank you. Hello, 大家好，我叫雷永如，係華人進步會嘅散訪組織員，喺呢度懇求 DBI 委員會繼續支持我哋散訪團結會嘅工作。我哋喺工作期間上門探訪、散訪家庭，了解樓宇情況。我哋通過微信、電話同埋同散訪家庭建立一種關係。家庭通過我哋散訪團結會了解更多住客嘅權益。我記得有一次通過電話聯繫家庭嘅時候，連續幾日落雨，有位家庭房間漏水，佢打咗好多次電話同管理公司，但係管理公司都冇安排人嚟維修。你諗諗下，我哋散房嘅房間有幾細，已經唔夠地方住用啦，再加上房間入邊漏水，想想當時嘅環境同埋心情。我向家庭要咗管理公司嘅電話，跟進聯繫公司、呃、管理公司，介紹自己係散風田建會嘅組織員，我哋家庭嘅地址、房號、房間漏雨漏雨嘅情況同埋影響。管理公司馬上安排人員維修。我哋散風田建會嘅工作對散風家庭非常之重要。希望我哋散房團結會可以繼續留俾喺 DBI 預算中，希望畢業會會會有少減預算。多謝大家。Hi everyone, my name is Yongyu Lei, and I am an SRO organizer with the Chinese Progressive Association. And I would like to urge the Department of Building Inspection for, um, to support um, and to uh, maintain the budget of the SRO Families United Collaborative. During our work, we visit families living in SRO units and to understand the condition of the building. And we build relationships with SRO families through WeChat and by telephone communications. SRO families thank then get access to more information about tenants' rights through our SROs, Families United Collaborative. I remember on one occasion, I called the family by phone and learned that because it had been raining for several days, one family had leakage problems in their unit. Even though the resident family had called the management company several times, the management company had not arranged someone to come to do the repairs. An SRO unit in itself is very small in size and not sufficient in space. Adding in the water leakage problem, you can imagine the situation. I asked the family for the phone number of the management company in order to follow up with the matter. I introduced myself to the management company as an organizer of the SRO Families United Collaborative, told them the family's address and unit number, and reported to them the water leakage and extent of the impact in the unit. And the staff member of the management company responded, saying that they would arrange to send maintenance personnel to the door to perform the repair immediately. Our SRO Families United Collaborative is very important to the SRO families, and I hope that the SRO Families United Collaborative will remain in the DBI budget funding plan and that the funding will not be cut. Thank you. Uh 
，我係一個新移民。誒啱啱嚟到美國嗰陣，誒、呃、我哋係誒點講咧，即係唔識講話啊，即係唔識講英文啊，誒、呃、就好似同啲人溝通嗰陣就會鴨仔聽雷。誒、呃、所以我哋好唔習慣，好無助。我係一個四口家庭，誒、呃、住喺一個十平方嘅散房入邊。兩個細路哥，一個係六歲，一個係十七歲。佢哋嘅活動空間就係上堂同下堂，冇其他嘅空間。誒、呃，好似誒呢個時候，因為相當無助，我哋揾到呢三方家庭誒呢、呃這個工作人員，佢哋對我哋好好幫助，即係佢哋親自嚟探訪我哋，同誒、呃、了解。了解我哋一啲留意嘅問題，同時為咗我哋提供社區一啲資訊啊，同時講解留意安全一啲常識。所以我哋呢度，因為我哋同省方家庭誒協會嗰度咧，就係同一種語言，就可以唔使啊雞同鴨講。誒，所以溝通比較方便，我哋就好快可以接受到佢哋嘅信息。誒，同時仲有。我哋散房入邊啲廁所啊，同時啲誒誒沖涼房啊，嗰啲經常會堵塞，同時啲鋼管啊，好多時候會唔著啊，揾啲誒誒即係屋主啊，咁佢好多時候啊唔係好好去理呢啲事，所以散房家庭會幫我哋去協調呢啲問題，去跟進，所以好快就會解決曬呢啲問題。如果係散房家庭誒。呃誒冇冇得到呢啲支持嘅話，佢哋可能就會啊，我哋就會失去呢啲幫助，然後我哋會繼續會喺誒繼續會困難咁樣生活喺散房入邊。所以我希望委員會繼續支持撥款同埋支持散房家庭團結會。Thank you. Hi everyone, my name is Jack Jang, and I'm here to urge the commission to continue to help us all, Family United Collaborative, to stay in DBI's budget and please help us stop the budget cut. The collaborative is very important to me because I'm a new immigrant. My family of four lives in a SO that is less than 100 square feet. I have a six-year-old and a 17-year-old kid. It's their only place to um, to uh, to do activities, to do homework is. Bed, the bunk bed. When we first come to America, we are very helpless when we have building issues, and we are so thankful for our SO organizers because when she comes to visit us in our buildings, she would um, help us to solve the building issues by communicating with the landlord since we speak the same language, and they are doing this very um, quickly. They are handling all the building cases in a very professional and fast way. And I am just so thankful for the collaborative help. I cannot imagine if we don't have the collaborative, what, who is going to help us to fix a broken toilet and the broken um, lights. And I'm here again to urge you to please help us and uh, help us to fight the budget cut. Thank you. I just want to announce if anyone, if any of the interpreters that are here, if you'd like to take a break and use our Cantonese speaking interpreter, you're able to do so. Thank you. Okay, you can go ahead.
。誒，大家早晨，我係譚銀少，我係散訪團結會嘅家庭，希望 DPI 委員唔好減，唔好成日減我哋散訪團結會嘅預算。我我一家四口住喺華埠散訪，我我一層樓有二十二户，平均每户三至四人，只有三個廁所。之前我留意總有廁所堵塞嘅問題，一塞就幾幾日冇得用。我們打電話去辦公室冇人冇人管，後來走到散誒散款組職員幫我協調台解決，換了個新嘅。而且現現在有問題，留意管理員也會盡快處理，讓我們不對著直急誒散訪團結會組織。組織個家庭同路人讓我自自響誒散房，因為空間細，亦沒法俾細路仔有個活動。空間性是一個好好個活動，小朋友可以有手工製作為遊戲，讓我們快樂，讓他們快樂學習和認識新嘅朋友，而且分享我哋家長各種社會資源，讓我們新移民更快適應美國嘅生活。我懇請 DBI 委員不要食咁。散风团结会嘅资金多谢。Good morning, everyone. My name is Yan Shao Tan, and I am one of the families of the Asero Families United Collaborative. I hope that the Building Inspection Commission will not cut our Asero Families United budget. Um, I am a family of four living in Asero in Chinatown. We have 22 units on our floor with an average of three to four people per household, and there are only three toilets to use. In the past, my building always had problems of clogged toilets. Once it was clogged, it was useless for a few days. We called the building office and no one took care of it. Later, I asked the Asero organizer to help me resolve it and replace uh, a uh, replaced it with a new toilet. Now that there is a problem, the building manager will deal with it as soon as possible so that we don't have to worry about it. The SRO Families United program also organizes a family fun day because our SRO units are too small to give children space to play and do activities. Uh, fun day is a great event where children can create crafts and play games. They can happily learn and meet new friends. Various community resources are also shared to parents so that new immigrants can adapt to life uh, in the United States faster. I implore the DBI to not cut the funds of the Estero Families United Collaborative. Thank you. Um, 大家好，誒、uh, ，我叫方永怡，誒、uh, ，希望 DBI 委員唔好削減散房團結會嘅預算。我哋一家五口住喺華埠散房已經有五年啦。誒、uh, ，屋企嘅地方窄，廚房同埋沖涼房都離屋企好遠。然後細路咧上廁所仲要排曬隊㗎。誒、uh, ，我哋屋企住過離廚房個距離比較近，佢經常產生嗰啲油煙咧。好似導致我啲細路誒長期的咳係冇停咁，尤其下雨天走廊因為漏水咧，導致個樓面誒濕曬，屋企嗰啲洗手台啊、水管嗰度又漏水，所以我好驚我啲細路誒因此誒滑倒。我曾經多次同房屋經理反映，但都冇收到任何個回覆同埋處理嘅，但我只好聯繫散房組織員。組織員知道咗我哋屋企嘅情況，就同我一齊與書面同物業經理反映嗰個情況，同埋提出咗維修嘅要求
，感謝組織員個提供語言服務同埋房屋經理溝通。房屋經理在收到書面通知後，誒同我哋即刻作出咗跟進同埋維修，等我哋啲三房住户咧有咗有效個服務同埋改善。我希望 DBI 委員不要削減三房團結會嘅預算。沒有散房服務，樓宇執法服務只會令我哋社區更加唔安全、唔穩定。多謝。Hi, dear commissioners. My name is Yong Yifang, and I'm here to urge the DBI commissioners to support our budget request and help us to restore our budget back. My family of five live in Chinatown SO for five years. The space is very limited. And the shower room is so far away from our unit. Our, my kid ha always has to wait in line to use the bathroom. And since we are living so close to the kitchen, um, you know the kitchen always uh, would like have a lot of smoke there. And that's why my kid ha now has a, like always been coughing. And this is a uh, ongoing is health issue that um, my kid has to suffer. Especially during the rainy, rainy days, there's always like leaking, and it's so slippery on the hallway. And I'm really uh, worried if my kid would like trip because the floor is so slippery. I've been um, telling my uh, building manager about this issue, and I've been talking to my landlord, and, but nothing has happened. So I contact my SL organizer. After the SL organizer learned about my situation, um, she helped me to communicate with the building manager and the landlord. Eventually, the issue got resolved. I am very thankful that the SL organizer was able to provide uh, the language service that we need and able to communicate with the landlord and help us to resolve these building issues. And I think their service is very effective and useful for all SRO households. And I'm here to urge the DBI commissioners to please stand with us to support our uh, budget request and help us to restore our funding back. Because without these services, without the CR program, our life will be even more unsafe, and we will just be living in worse living environment. Thank you. Um, hello, commissioners. My name is Winnie, and I am a community organizer with the Chinese Progressive Association, um, where we fight for SRO families' rights. Um, so my personal work area is in the workers' rights, and I work with many SRO families working low-wage jobs, um, doing domestic work, doing janitorial work, et cetera, um, who always worry about getting good jobs to pay rent at their SROs, um, have groceries on the table, access to childcare, and maintain a livelihood in San Francisco. So I'm not here today for myself. I'm here for my coworker, Cami Huang, who couldn't make it today. Um, so I'm going to read her. Um, 
script. So my name is Cami. I am a former SRO family of the SRO Families United Collaborative. Having lived in an SRO since immigrating to the US as a youth, I now serve as a community organizer for CPA, overseeing SRO organizing within the SRO Families United Collaborative. I understand the challenges living and the challenging living conditions in SROs, where shared facilities often face maintenance issues due to high resident usage. In the past, language barriers and fear of offending building managers prevented my family from reporting these issues. Thanks to the coordination and support of the SRO organizers, we learned that uh, making maintenance requests is our right as tenants in the US. As an SRO resident and community organizer, I recognize the reliance of these families living in substandard conditions on, on organizations like the SRO Families United Collaborative. Our work is vital in providing them with access to safe and affordable housing, essential services, and resources to improve their lives. Budget cuts would undermine our progress and leave these families without the critical support they desperately need. I hope you can understand the impact of budget cuts on our most vulnerable population and can and urge you to retain the five point two million budget for SRO Families United Collaborative. Thank you. Muy buenos días a todos comisionados que están ahí poniéndonos atención. Muchas gracias por su su tiempo y pues Estamos acá, uh, estoy acá con el mismo uh, propósito de todos. Hello, good morning, commissioners, and thank you for paying attention to us and for being here. I am here just like with everyone else with the same intention. Uh, pues uh, el propósito de estar acá con ustedes que si ustedes pueden escucharnos, si dependiera de ustedes, por favor, no nos quiten esa ayuda que es para todos nosotros los inquilinos. And if you are able to listen to us truly, please do not take away the cuts, do not allow the cuts of our funding for all of us tenants. Ya que esa ayuda, pues, Nosotros que somos inquilinos de bajo recurso, no podemos uh, comprar una casa, eh, pues necesitamos la ayuda de todos uh, unos a otros. Pues los que tienen su propio hogar quizá no saben lo que es ser uh, un inquilino. And this help helps us incredibly we particularly tenants of low wage and low wage workers we need the most help possible and perhaps those who own homes and are not tenants cannot understand or imagine the gravity of this issue y pues yo estoy aquí porque pasé una situación también de este caso de que si no fuera por esta ayuda yo ya no tuviera hogar no tuviera hogar ahorita entonces puedo ver la ayuda la importancia de esta ayuda que sí nos beneficia y yo les pido en el nombre de Dios y de todos los que estamos aquí si de ustedes depende dejar esta ayuda no saben lo, los beneficios que están 
haciendo para todos nosotros los inquilinos. Así es que yo les pido, por favor, si de ustedes depende, no nos quiten, no corten esa ayuda. And so I am here because I also have gone through difficult situations in my housing experience. And if it wasn't for the services of programs like this, then I would not have a home right now. So if it's up to you, please listen to every comment in this room. And in God's name, I ask to please do not cut the funding for our programs. Thank you. Eso es todo. Uh, les agradezco mucho que estén aquí y si ustedes deciden dejar esa ayuda, no se imaginan todos los que vamos a estar agradecidos con esta ayuda. Que Dios los bendiga. And that is all. If you are able to hear my prayers, you will know the amount of people that will benefit from these services. So in God's hand, thank you. Buenos días, mi nombre es Adriana Arrendón. Good afternoon, my name is Adriana Arrendón. Rendón. Rendón, perdón. Uh, yo estoy aquí pidiendo a uh, que no hagan recortes a estas organizaciones que apoyan a la comunidad. I am here to ask for you to please do not cut any of the programs that allow organizations to help the community. Estos recortes impactarían mucho a nuestra comunidad, ya que somos los más vulnerables para tener estas viviendas. These cuts will negatively impact our communities who are the most vulnerable when accessing housing. Uh, años atrás, yo no sabía mis derechos como inquilina. Yo no conocía este tipo de organizaciones. Yo fui desalojada. Years back, I did not know my rights. I did not know any of the organizations present here today. I was evicted. In ese tiempo, mi niña tenía dos años. Solamente yo debía dos meses de renta y fui desalojada por no conocer mis derechos como inquilina. And at that time, my daughter was two years old. I was evicted not knowing my rights. I had only owed two months back rent. Yo estoy aquí pidiendo para que no haya recortes en estos programas, ya que beneficiaría mucho a inquilines como yo, que ahora yo misma puedo defender mis derechos. And I am here today to ask to please do not cut any of the programs that benefit our communities, because through those programs I was able to understand my rights. Gracias, bendiciones. Thank you and blessings. Good afternoon, um, commissioners. My name is Maria Jandres. I've been an organizer for tenants' rights. I am a tenant in the Tenderloin. I'm a small business owner. And when I was notified that they were going to have these cuts, it really brought to my attention that the families that really get impacted are the families that are more vulnerable, 
families like in the Tenderloin. I also had worked with people that lived in SROs and I was just listening to these stories. I'm a mom too, I have a seven-year-old boy that goes to the district and, and really I cannot even think how does these families really can live in 100 square footage, first of all, and second, in the, those inhabitable conditions. That's inhumane. We're talking about families that work hard, that has been putting and adding so much value to this community, to the economy in San Francisco. We are one of the most progressive cities in, in the nation, and we cannot have people have, having had a way to advocate for repairs. Landlords, landlords sometimes don't even understand what, what the repairs needs to be happening. And as also, um, I think these conditions shouldn't be, we shouldn't be out talking about cuts when we know this is very important and crucial for, for families. I really um, exhort you to advocate for these families. This is real. I, I was just continue listening to these stories and it just brings me back to we have to have organizers that advocate for tenants. Tenants' rights are so important as well as landlords. So please, advocate for these tenants, advocate for us, and let's, let's have San Francisco as a, as a unity, and let's continue moving. We have also had set stands for the nation because San Francisco has done so many incredible things for, for their residents. Thank you. Uh, good morning, powerful uh, commissioners. Um, my name is Audrey Martinez. I'm here um, representing Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco and the tenants that we assist to. I'm a bilingual speaker, English and Spanish, and I have uh, noticed and witnessed the um, mental issues that come with uh, after habitable issues uh, for tenants because it affects our mental um, state of mind and conditions. Uh, I want to also mention that um, uh, putting the money back to the code enforcement operations program will enforce the job that, that we do and also will keep us accountable for our services. Um, I myself have, have had a habitable issues in the past and uh, if we lose those foundings, the working class will be uh, waiting longer to have these issues taken care of. Habitable, habitable issues become mental issues. So if you allow us to keep our funds, we won't have more homeless, homeless people due to habitable issues as well. Raise feeds if you need to. Thank you. Hello, commissioners. My name is Fred Sherpenzimmer from Housing Rights Committee. It is disgusting that tenants in the city need to beg for code enforcement. We have been part of this department at Housing Rights Committee for 26 years. We have two staff people who've been on our employ with this department, with DBI, for 23 years. They have trained many people who've become inspectors in this department. When we were last here, you all said there were going to be no cuts to CEOP and SROs because you were going to look at fees. And please, this time, don't insult us, these families, by telling them, many without computers, to tell them to look on your website because something might be translated there. Because our staff uses your website every day and 
it needs some help. Um, but many of these families don't have computers. My bigger questions are, when did you last raise fees on landlords? This is an enterprise department. And when a, land, a horrid landlord who refuses to fix things ends up going to a hearing because we work jointly with one of your DBI inspectors, why do you only charge them for the time of your inspectors? Not for the hundreds of hours that we put in in your employ. These programs could be paid for by fees. Your department cut fees on developers in 2015. And if honestly you have less need to inspect new construction, why don't you cut that side of the department? Because there is an increased need for code enforcement, both of your own DBI inspectors and our services, because your department cannot handle 20,000 more cases, because collectively, that's what these agencies deal with every year. And you don't have the staff to handle the cases we handle in Spanish or Cantonese or Filipino or many of the other languages we handle here. Frankly, we save you money. If you could wrap up your comments, thank you. Thank you very much, and look at the real things you need to do to protect these needed services. Hi, good morning. Uh, my name is Denise Wong, and I'm the Staff Development Director at the Housing Rights Commission uh, Committee of San Francisco. And I'm here to speak out against the disgraceful proposed cuts to CEOP and the SRO Collaborative, and urge this commission to do everything possible to prevent the approval of this outrageous budget. Our organizations devoted to tenant rights, including the right to a habitable home. The repair conditions that our staff sees on the front lines are appalling, from black mold to termite infestations to, in one extreme scenario, the body fluids of a deceased tenant leaking into another tenant's unit due to such a poorly maintained floor. Even more repugnant is the fact that landlords often evade accountability for intentionally neglecting their property. In one building we helped, a landlord refused to repair a leaky roof throughout the barrage of storms last winter because they were selling the building, so they thought they wouldn't see the return on that investment. Our bilingual staff helped the building's predominantly Spanish-speaking residents learn their rights and options. After taking action collectively, the tenants got the roof fixed. Imagine being inundated with news reports about another bomb, cyclone, or atmospheric river, and you don't even know if you can stay safe at home thanks to your landlord's flagrant neglect. Indeed, the conditions we observe would constitute an emergency if not for the heroic work of the SRO Collaborative and organizations contracted with CEOP. DBI hasn't raised landlord fees since 2006. It is dangerous and irresponsible to cut these vital programs without ensuring landlords and developers pay their share of the bill to ensure safe buildings. Please preserve the budget for CEOP and the SRO Collaborative for the upcoming fiscal year. Thank you. Hi, my name is Alicia Sandoval. I'm a Spanish-speaking lead counselor at Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco. I live and I was born and raised in the Mission District. CEOP and SRO collaborative programs are important. Do not cut funds to these programs. Raise the fees on landlords. Landlords refuse to make repairs and put tenants' lives at risk. I've been with Housing Rights for the last seven years. I hear what tenants tell us on the phone. 
how they have to live in roach-infested units with rats, with molds, unhabitable conditions. Landlords telling them, if you don't like it, get out. Dealing with harassment, especially during the pandemic, due to living in horrid conditions, tenants feel helpless. Landlords' negligence has cost people's lives. When there's a fire, when they're um, getting rid of bed bugs, allergies to mold, illegal units, Tenning sending us pictures, sending us pictures that they have been bitten by bed bugs, and the landlord refuses to do anything about it. We work with tenants, informing them of their rights to work. The work that we do is so important. It saves lives. Raise the fees. I've worked in too many cases where landlords take advantage of the tenants. They will do whatever they want to do just to make money. But when it comes to repairs, they're at fault. Cutting programs will only put tenants' lives at risk. Do not do the cuts. Raise the fees. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Becky Hom. I am the Contracts and Services Director at Gauza Just Cause. I, like everyone else here, is telling you that we need to keep these programs, the CEOP program and the SRO collaboratives, because it's not just getting rid of programs, but it's actually that would be getting rid of what we talked about here, the safety and habitability of thousands of tenants, um, their units, their when we talk about the 20,000 people that call us each year, that's not just 20,000 people, that's more because people have, as you heard, their kids living in their units, there's um, whole families that are living together. And we know that, yeah, these cuts, they will cut dignified housing for people. People come to us, um, we outreach to them, we speak to folks about the importance of, of um, yeah, we, we speak to them about what is needed. Like Alicia said, you know, there are extreme levels of what people need in repairs. Sometimes it feels maybe small, but like recently in my own life, like my kitchen sink works better and the relief that brings to me, you know, may seem silly, but it actually is relieving that I can use it better. And that's one small thing where tenants come to us with all kinds of things from their ceilings, having issues over their kids' bedrooms, to roaches, to all these things that we know that they trust us. We've been in the community for years and it is important that we stay. We, you know, we work with the housing inspectors. We know their job is important, but we are the ones that are really connecting. We are the ones that have the language capacity, the ability to, um, yeah, to find trust. So thank you. Buenas tardes, mi nombre es María Toriche y vivo en el Distrito 5, trabajo en Casa Justa. Le urjo a que financien el programa de alcance de cumplimiento del código y los programas de ocupación de habitación individual. Hi, my name is Maria Toriche. I live in District 5 and I work at Causa Justa Just Cause. I urge you to continue financing the CEOP and SRO programs. Me aseguro de que los inquilinos conozcan sus derechos y conozcan cómo solicitar reparaciones. 
El apoyo que brindamos a los inquilines es, sufici es suficiente para garantizar que se cumplan las reparaciones, pero también nos aseguramos de que, que los inquilinos reciban el apoyo de los inspectores de vivienda. I make sure that tenants know their rights and know how to request repairs. Often the support that we provide for tenants is enough to make sure that these repairs are completed, but we also make sure that tenants receive support from housing inspectors. Financian el programa de alcance para el cumplimiento del código y los programas de ocupación de habitación individual. Please continue funding the CEOP and SRO programs. El presupuesto El presupuesto propuesto para el, para el alcalde es el ataque a los habitantes de San Francisco de clase trabajadora y de bajos ingresos. Recortes en la aplicación de códigos, cuidado de niños, uh, de alimentos, bancos de alimentos, viviendas para familias y jóvenes. The proposed budget cuts are an attack on San Franciscans uh, of working class and low income. Uh, the uh, cuts would just also mean cuts to childcare, food banks, housing um, for young families. Los trabajadores de San Francisco merecen viviendas seguras y, y asequibles, seguridad alimenticia y cuidado de educación para nuestros niños. El presupuesto de la alcaldesa lleva a nuestra ciudad en la dirección equivocada. Uh, San Francisco's workers deserve uh, habitable housing, safe housing, food safety, and care for their children. Uh, the mayor's proposed budget is taking the city in the wrong direction. También sabemos que los dueños ahora pueden pagar una tarifa para subirles a los inquilinos cuando tienen control de renta. ¿A dónde está la ayuda a nuestra comunidad? We also know, oh, we also know that uh, landlords can now increase fees uh, to raise tenants' rents when they have rent control departments. Where is the help for our community? La, la, la alcaldesa está reduciendo los impuestos para las grandes empresas. Reduce, uh, perdón. La alcaldesa está reduciendo los impuestos para las grandes empresas, reduciendo los fondos para el cuidado de niños, las familias que luchan por llegar al fin de mes, esto es inaceptable. The mayor is reducing taxes for large businesses, reducing uh, the city's budget for uh, childcare and for families that are struggling to make ends meet. This is unacceptable. Estos programas son importantes. Si tienen que aumentar las, tarif las tarifas para financiar la aplicación del código, deberían hacerlo. Debe, el DBI no ha aumentado las tarifas de los propietarios desde el 2006. El DBI no, cobra los malos, no le cobra a los malos propietarios el costo total. Redujeron las tarifas para los desarrolladores en 2015. These programs are important. If you have to raise fees to fund and code enforcement, you should. DBI has not raised landlord fees since 2006, and DBI doesn't charge bad, bad landlords a full cost. They lowered the fees for developers in 2015. Gracias. Thank you. Buenos días. Buenos días. Mi nombre es Gloria Esteba. Y yo vivo actualmente en San Idel, pero viví en el distrito de la Misión. 
cuando yo vivía en el distrito de la misión, estaba angustiada porque tenía un nieto con cáncer, pero vivía en un espacio lleno con todo lo que dijeron aquí. Okay. Good afternoon, my name is Gloria Esteva. I currently live in Sunnyvale, but I used to live in the Mission District. And when I used to live there, I was very worried. I had a grandchild who had cancer, and all of the issues that has been raised here occurred to me. Le estoy hablando de hace 17 años. Y la vivienda sigue igual. Actualmente trabajo en causa justa. ¿Y saben por qué? Un día voy a trabajar en el espacio que ustedes están para conmoverme de lo que está viviendo la comunidad. So this happened about 17 years ago, and now I currently work at Causa Justa Just Cause. And housing continues to be the same. One day I will be in your seat and I will have the amount of compassion needed to see the reality. Aquí ha estado mucha gente que me ha hecho recordar todo lo que viví ese tiempo, viviendo en una casa con moho, con ratas, con chinches. Por más que trabajaba para erradicar todo eso, no lo podía lograr. Okay, so and here I am listening to the experiences of people that I used to experience, the amount of mold, the rats, the inhabitable conditions. We need to eradicate these conditions for the tenants. Afortunadamente, tenemos organizaciones y personas como yo que quieren apoyar a la comunidad. Luckily, we have organizations that help tenants and people like myself that truly want to advocate for my community. Asegurando que la comunidad conozca sus derechos. Making sure that the community knows their rights. Que sepa cómo acudir de manera segura para lograr que esos landlords indeseables Y poco honestos, los ayuden a tener viviendas habitables. And for them to feel their, that is their right, to feel empowered to go to organizations and demand the necessities that they must satisfy, and especially to hold in honest, unhonest landlords accountable. Ustedes no sabrían todo lo que está pasando en nuestras comunidades si no tuviéramos Esos organizadores bilingües y biculturales. You wouldn't know all of the issues that are facing our community if you didn't have the work of counselors that are bilingual and multicultural. Y tan abnegados que están aquí con nosotros para que ustedes nos escuchen. And I feel that you cannot, you don't want to listen to the stories being upheld today. ¿Por qué quitarle economía? a lo poco que le dan a nuestras comunidades. Why take more from the little that we receive in our communities? Nosotros como trabajadores de la comunidad ni siquiera ganamos tanto. As as workers and working class people in our community, we do not make much. Pero lo que nos duele es ver que nuestra comunidad es de la manera en que está viviendo. But what hurts most is seeing the inhabitable conditions that our communities faces. Apelo a su humanidad a sus almas, si todavía vibran. And I talk to your humanity. I talk to your soul. And I hope that it's this, your soul is still vibrating. Que ayuden a la comunidad trabajadora que produce la riqueza en San Francisco. Por eso estamos viviendo mejor todos. And please help those who run the economy of San Francisco 
because because of us we are rich. Ayuden a que esos niños un día vivan en hogares asequibles, hogares que les ayuden a triunfar. And please help the children to live in homes that allow them to thrive. Thank you. Y que no mueran como mi nieto porque murió and for my child not to and for them not to die the way that my grandchild died because of the conditions that we had to live in thank Gracias. you hello everyone my name is melissa gomez i am part of dolores street community services and the mission is collaborative also known as miss rock I can stand here and say we understand uh, these funding decision, decisions, but we don't. The mission SRL Collaborative, as well as the other SRL Collaboratives, allows us to provide essential services and trainings to the community, and taking, taking away funding would greatly impact the sustainability of our community. The funding provider helps to ensure that as a collaborative, we are able to staff personnel to effectively serve the community. In order to serve our community, we have a team including community field organizers, tenant organizers, counselors, and outreach workers. Each of these roles is essential to providing services that help tenants with issues regarding rent increases, harassment from landlords, pests, habitability issues, like you've heard here today, I don't think we can paint a clearer picture. Part of the outreach work we do is outreach around DBI services. Without Ms. Rock, there would be barriers from monolingual speaking tenants who historically have had a difficulty understanding the services DBI offers. It's great that DBI has a website with multiple languages. Most of the language that is used still needs to be translated. Um, and this is where we come into the picture. Um, also, a lot of our tenants do not have internet access. We are their access. We also use the funding provided to run programs, trainings, and host events. Ms. Rog operates fire prevention trainings, which could prevent fires, such as the one that occurred at the Grand Southern. The Mission is our collaborative was, was there and able to help them get a mattress, a bed frame, clothing, and gather donations from the community. All of these items were hand-delivered to their doorstep. The services that Ms. Rock provides to the community are important in making a difference in the lives of real people, like the real people you see sitting behind me. And it's crucial that our funding is returned. Thank you. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Juan Alejandro Garcia. Uh, I'm with the SRO Families United Collaborative. As you've seen, we're pretty saddened with the level of cooperation from members of this body uh, that has refused or ignored our invitation to visit some of these SROs earlier this year, as well as from the department that chose to eliminate a cost-saving program without a single meeting. The CIOP and SRO collaboratives should have been included in some of those meetings and conversations, and we would have found solutions together as the cooperative partners we have been for decades. How valuable is this program, you may ask? Well, according to the director, quote, especially during the pandemic and during COVID, when they had greater lines of connectivity with those communities, uh, when asked by the uh, last week at the BOS budget committee hearing. Uh, without these programs, how are you gonna establish those greater lines of uh, connectivity? How? Will the department provide language learning opportunities for all of the inspectors? Will they learn Spanish, Cantonese, Mandarin, Vietnamese, 
Arabic in other languages, how quickly is that going to happen? How is that going to match our capacity? What's the additional value, you may ask? Well, according to the director, I think, quote, the value in is that the, solution, uh, the solutions are found before the complaints have to be filed with the department because of the programs, end quote. So there it is. Not only do we provide linguistic and culturally competent value, but we are also a cost-saving mechanism for the department. What's the alternative? More inspectors, translators, interpreters going to every single unit? Uh, all those complaints that the director agrees we resolve will now have to be taken up by eight or nine inspectors for nine HIS districts. How is that going to resolve your costs? Okay, well, do you all now understand the value that we and the director have seen in this program continuing? So we urge you to help the director and this community uh, to keep these programs funded. Keep the families, the veterans, the seniors, the individuals with disabilities that call an SRO home. And we urge you to accept our invitations to visit some of these SROs. Do not ignore us again. Ten seconds left. Thank you. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Peter Rauch, and I am I'm a peer counselor at the Central City SRO Collaborative. Um, like our counterparts, we handle a lot of the elements and services that a lot of people don't know what to, what to do exactly, where to go. Um, do they know that habitability issues aren't, the inspectors from the DBI don't handle that. It's actually the Department of Public Health, Environmental Health and Housing Division. Does that, do, would they know that? Where would they go if the services weren't available? Especially now that the pandemic is coming to a close, we're gonna have a lot more issues to deal with. The city's already in enough trouble with the homeless, and, uh, and we won't want to have more people added to that equation. Um, I personally was a, a, a client had a habitability issue, and uh, it, if it weren't for the collaborative, I would be out in the street probably, or not living in the city any longer. So I take this matter very seriously and really to heart because I don't want to see anybody else have to go through what I went through, and without these services which are both public and private SROs as well, uh, they'll have nowhere to go. <clears throat> I urge you to consider the funding and how important it is for the services that are gonna be really in need going forward. Thank you. Good morning, thank you. My name is Gregory Johnson. I'm with CCSROC, the collaborative also known as Tenderloin Housing Clinic. Uh, the Department of Building Inspections was created by voter referendum under Proposition G in 1994. There was a design purpose and a mission statement and we've all heard that today. I'm not gonna reiterate that. But what I didn't hear is included in that package was a simple question that was asked of the taxpayers shall the city's current line item budget process be replaced by a mission-driven budget process? The taxpayers said yes. It not only should, but it will be. 
That wasn't done. This was a line item. You just, one stroke of a pen and we're wiped out of this budget process. We've all shown here today, starting with the first gentleman who, that's our next generation right there of clients that we'll have to represent for violations. He's pointing them out now to the commission. We have to fund the collaboratives. We serve a purpose. We serve a real purpose. That doesn't take away from anyone in this room. It doesn't. You guys are the commission. You sit over DBI. But we were never invited to the table to have this discussion. We're mission-based driven. We have the facts. Look at the facts. We provide a service. The city has benefited from it. We can't say no today. We can't continue this. We have to get funding. Thank you. Hello, my name is Susie Melconian, and I'm a housing volunteer housing counselor at Central City SRO Collaborative. And I'm here today to ask to tell you how important it is for the Central City in the community of the Tenderloin. We we offer services to people that are not aware of their rights, and we inform them and we help them. They bring us information and we view it and we send them to the right services to help them. And we're we're afraid that if you and stop our services, then these people are going to have nowhere to go. And I'm also a tenant in an SRO, and I know how important it is for me to explain to some of the tenants um, certain things that are going on. They don't understand them at all. And there's nobody for them to help them because the people that are assigned by the owners of the building, they don't help. They get paid and they don't help. And Central City offers a service to the community that is very useful, so I'm asking you to please consider keeping us in the budget. Thank you. Madam Secretary, can we take a five minute break? Okay. Hey, yes, uh, we will um, take a five minute break and return at 11.10 a.m.
We're, Morning. We're currently um, on public public comment. Um, my name is Jason Crossland, and this is my partner, Karen, and we are outreach workers in the Tenderloin. Um, we actually go to the SROs uh, rather than wait for problems to come to us, and we help out the, we help out the poor, we help out the elderly, the handicapped, um, we help out those that are, have language barriers and people that don't know where to turn when they have issues. Um, we recently have come across, um, to give examples, um, a lady whose husband passed away. She did not know how to pay her rent and she was facing eviction. Um, we recently, um, during our outreach, have come across a hotel where there was no counter person, there was no front door, and anybody could just walk into the building and do their drugs or whatever they were doing. And um, there was no maintenance workers in the building, so the garbage was piling up. There was rats. There was no doorknobs on the, the bathrooms, uh, no door handles. Um, so there was pieces of paper stuffed into the holes and distinct, there was no privacy. A hole was knocked into the shower room so you could light a candle because there was no electricity. And we see things like this often. And um, I'm proud to do what I do. Um, and I would appreciate it if you would let me continue my work. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Kathleen Vaughn. I am a peer counselor with Central City Collaborative. Prior to being a peer counselor, I lived in an SRO in the Tenderloin, as a, and then I was also a, uh, I forgot what it was, but <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, while I was there, I worked with a lot of the tenants. Um, and I now, I, now I live just in the Tenderloin in an apartment. And as a peer counselor, we have a lot of senior citizens, elderly people that come in with both physical as well as mental disabilities and are seeking our help to try to maneuver through the process of having issues with bed bugs, roaches, mold, okay? It's a vital, it's a vital, vital program that we do. I mean, it's, Without it, I, again, I'm, you know, saying what everybody else says. I can't imagine what would happen with these people, especially these senior citizens, you know, and families that can't do this for themselves. They just can't. Either they're physically or mentally unable to maneuver through the program. I, I beg you, please, do not take out this line item. Please put it back in the budget. Thank you. Good morning, Commissioners. My name is Prithi Bhatek, and I know some of you who have come by Tenlone Housing Clinic to a Central City SRO Collaborative for a walkthrough. Um, I just don't know, I want to reiterate everything what previous speakers have said, you all have heard, and I don't want to just repeat it. We, I consider the program of CEOP and, and uh, SRO programs as a lifeline to residents who live in 
um, small units in Tenderloin or SRO units, and we are like the first line of contact for them. We, either they come to through us or we go to them. So, and we work very closely with your housing inspectors. Without us, I think there will be a lot of cases that won't be resolved. We do resolve cases without the inspectors. We do with the inspectors. So I think this was a surprise to us because we thought that we uh, budget was in the in in the line item but we were it was a surprise to us to find that it wasn't and we would appreciate a conversation and previous the reason why I'm here is I, I was totally taken by surprise in spite of working so closely with the department that none of us knew this was coming. And I don't understand why a phone call and bringing us to the table to figure out how to resolve this, would, we wouldn't be here asking for this. So I want you guys to treat us as partners, and we don't think in this process that we would treat us as partners. So I hope you would restore our funding, not just for Tenderloin, but for other neighborhoods. People have come here and spoken in front of you, and you cannot replace what we serve in the community. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Good morning. I would like to speak in Spanish. Uh, buenos días, comisionados. Mi nombre es Catalina Ramos. Soy un líder comunitario de CIOP en Tenderloin Housing Clinic. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Catalina Ramos. I'm a community leader for the, for the CIOP and Tenderloin Housing Clinic program. Quiero expresarles que gracias a los talleres entrenamientos y apoyo que ofrecen los programas, yo he podido aprender y mejorar mi educación. I would like to express my gratitude that thanks to the workshops of tenants' rights and other activities in the program, I have been able to learn and improve my education. A la misma vez, tener la oportunidad de tener un trabajo para apoyar a mis hijos y familia. At the same time, I have the opportunity to have an income to support my family. Como madre de familia de cinco, quiero pedirles que no corten los fondos de los programas que las familias como yo necesitamos para mejorar la calidad de vida y educación. As a mother of five children, I'm requesting, I'm here, I'm here to request your support to please do not cut our funding. Our families, the, the, the most vulnerable families need this, this kind of services to improve their life quality. Thank you for, attention, for your attention. Thank you. Um, um, good morning, commissioners. I'm Gloria. I'm the program manager for the CIOP and Tenderloin Housing Clinic program. I'm here on behalf of the Tenderloin community and other neighborhoods. We, our work is essential for the city, and we're doing the heavy lift. We, uh, we constantly have workshops. We have events. We have that contact with the community. Even when, the, when there are inspections, uh, tenants want us to be part of it, to translate, to, to explain how is the process. It's not easy for everybody just to go online and file a complaint with the DVI department. People get lost in the, in the process. So please, I'm here requesting your support and, uh, and, 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 and for DVI to allow us to be the bridge, to bring the, the city organization closer to the community. Thank you.
Good morning. My name is Sonika Mahajan, and I work with the Dolor with the Mission SRO Collaborative, which is a program of Dolores Street Community Services, and it's one of the critical SRO and CEOP programs across the city. All our programs have been doing this collective work since 1991, and we continue to be present and active at the most important junctures for our SRO families and individuals. So it's just unfathomable, unfathomable to me that DBI could cut us from the budget after 30 plus years of this work. Without us, there would be no way for DBI to handle the 20,000 plus calls about habitability issues, code violations, and harassment that we all take collectively. The city would definitely not be in language access compliance without our programs, which reach tenants in their native languages and allow them to actually understand otherwise potentially opaque services. And we're definitely also the quickest ones to get to the issue, document it, and fight to resolve it. We protect tenants from harassment and eviction that's unfair, and we're the main link helping community access this important resource. So I want to focus on a specific recent incident. Just a couple months ago, there was a fire in the Grand Southern Hotel in the Mission that affected a family with three young children all under the age of 13. Our organizers at the Mission SRO Collaborative were the ones to do everything necessary in following up for this family. They were communicating with the Red Cross to get them the money they needed for grocery stipends. They found them replacements of essential items they lost in the fire, like clothing and mattresses, and personally delivered them to them. And they communicated all of their rights and supported them in getting the children to school with the clothing and materials they needed even after the fire. Beyond that, we're the ones doing fire prevention services and trainings, allowing folks to understand safety in their building, something that building managers and DBI couldn't do without us. We've spent months discussing with DBI the other possible workarounds, including raising fees on landlords that haven't been raised since 2006 despite huge rent increases. And why not also increase developer fees? We, the community, immigrant tenants and families whose presence built the city should not have to pay in spades for these cuts. So please say yes to fully restoring the cuts to SRO collaborative programs and CEOP to keep our crucial programs in service. Thank you. Commissioner Matias Mormino, Chinatown Community Development Center. You've heard the value of this, these programs. I don't think there's any doubt here. So I'm here to talk a little bit about what we do now. I think that we have this mentality a lot that somebody needs to save us. You guys need to save us. The department director needs to save us. City Hall needs to save us. That doesn't work. We need to all work together. So. I would recommend that we leave this meeting with a commitment that a few of you on the BIC, the director, some of us in the community, go and talk to the mayor's budget director and to the budget chair, and we fix this this year and going forward. The director was very kind in his word talking about the value of these programs at the budget committee. I don't think he's insincere. So I think that what we need to do now is create a roadmap to keep these valuable programs in DBI, and we can only do it together. This is not an us against you. This is not a department against mayor's office. This is not a staff at DBI versus staff at CEOP and SRO Collaborative. We've seen and we believe that this is something that we need collectively to solve. And so I hope that one of the action steps you take at the end of this meeting is to gather with us and talk to the mayor's budget director, talk to the budget chair, and let's make this happen for fiscal year 24-25 and going into the future. These are programs that have been with DBI for decades. These are programs that belong in DBI. These are programs that help the city, help 
<laughs> alleviate homelessness and habitability. My last six seconds out of for the Commission Secretary, and thank you for all your help. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Susan Marsh, and today I'm speaking from my perspective as someone who lived in a private SRO for many years and who also volunteered in those SROs, and I'm very familiar with the conditions. Conditions are terrible, and without programs to keep an eye on those conditions, they would be, they would be even worse. I can assure you that SRO landlords do not make repairs unless they feel forced to do so. Also, my, my experience living in SROs goes back before a lawsuit that put an end to the practice of musical rooms, which is the practice of making tenants change rooms every 30 days uh, in order to prevent them from acquiring any tenants' rights. Those would be the order of the day, and without the collaboratives, they will become the order of the day again, as will lockouts, which, is, which as it is, as situation is now, still occur. I urge you, therefore, to fully restore funding for both the collaboratives and SIAP. Thank you. Is there any further uh, public comment in person? Is there any remote public comment? If there is anyone on the line, please press star three to raise your hand if you would like to speak. Okay, there, there are no um, hands raised, so that's uh, general public comment is closed. Okay, um, we are now on to item four, um, nomination subcommittee for a update from the nomination subcommittee. Commissioner Tam. Actually, before we get, in, before we get into that, um, I just wanted to, to, to leave here um, with all those comments, I commend all of you for coming up to speak. Um, we do hear you. This, I, I believe all my commissioners here, fellow commissioners, and the department hears you. This is a program that you know, I firmly believe DBI has been proud of for a long time. So I just wanted to relay that to you guys, that this isn't something that we anticipated here. So thank you all for coming up and speaking. Uh, get, um, turn on your microphone, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I think that this is an item that will continue to come up, up throughout the agenda today as well. Are we on item number four now? Uh, yes, if there's no other commissioner comments. Yes. So we're, this is uh, actually called 4A and B together. 4A is update the nom from the nomination subcommittee. 4B is discussion and possible action to appoint a member to the Code Advisory Committee um, term to expire August 10, 2025. The, the member seeking appointment is Deepak Patankar for a person qualified in the area of historical preservation. Thank you. Um, the nomination subcommittee met just before this meeting, um, and we had met Mr. Patankar at a our previous meeting, um, he has applied for the position of um, a person qualified for historic, in historic preservation. He's a practicing architect. He has been in the region for 30 years practicing, um, and with his own 
practice for the last 20 years. Um, so we recommend him to fill this position. And um, yeah, that, that was the summary of our meeting here and the, the recommendation that we provide to this group. Okay. We'd like to make a motion to recommend Deep uh, Pantacard. Pantacard to the nomination, uh, to the um, Code Advisory Committee. Second. So there's a motion and a second to recommend Mr. Pasankar for this position. Is, is there any public comment on this motion? Um, seeing none, did any commissioners have any questions or comments? Okay, then if not, I will uh, do a roll call vote on the item. So, um, President Beto? Yes. Vice President Tam? Yes. Commissioner Alexander Toot? Yes. Commissioner Newman? Yes. Commissioner Summer? Yes. And Commissioner Shaddix? Yes. Okay, the motion carries unanimously. So thank you for the appointment. Um, Mr. Patakar could not be here today, um, but he uh, did send a, a letter of uh, gratitude in the, in the case that the commission did appoint him. And uh, my apologies, I didn't send it to you, but I will send that to you um, today. Thank you. Okay, so we are on to our next item, which is item five, uh, discussion regarding data on permitting times. I believe this uh, item was, was requested to be continued. Do we have to do a, a motion on that? Motion to continue item number five. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the motion to continue. Um, before I take a second, is there is there anyone here um, that wanted to provide public comment on item five? <coughs> okay, seeing none, there was a motion to continue by Vice President Tam. Is there a second? Second. Are all commissioners in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay, then that item will be continued to the, the next meeting. Um, next is item six, discussion and possible action regarding Board of Supervisors Ordinance, file number 230658 amending the building code to increase fees charged by the Department of Building Inspection by 15% in addition to other requirements. Thank you very much. Good morning, commissioners. I'm Carl Nasida, Legislative Affairs Manager for the Department of Building Inspection, presenting this ordinance to amend the building code to increase all DBI fees by 15% across the board. Got some slides, but on slide two, once we get there, as you know, as been discussed this morning, it's budget season for the city and county of San Francisco. And Mayor Breed submitted her proposed budget to the Board of Supervisors at the beginning of June, including a number of pieces of legislation to effectuate that budget. And this ordinance before you for recommendation is part of her budget submittal. The board is now considering that proposed budget before adopting a final version in July. And your requested action today is to recommend approval of this ordinance to the Budget and Appropriations Committee. With your recommendation, we'll have our second of two budget hearings at the Budget and Appropriations Committee tomorrow, where they will make a recommendation on this ordinance to the full Board of Supervisors. And as I have mentioned, this ordinance would increase fees charged by DBI by 15% across the board. Next slide. Some background information for you. As you know, the building code establishes all fees for permits, inspections, and other services provided by DBI. 
and has been mentioned this morning already, it has been quite a while since DBI last increased its fees, which was more than a decade ago in 2009. Then in 2015, fees were reduced by 7% across the board from those 2009 levels. Next slide. So doing some math, the proposed increase of 15% is roughly 8% over the 2009 values since the adjustment in 2015 was a reduction. And the proposed fee increase is ne necessary to offset DBI's cost to provide services. The city's cost to provide services has increased by 32% since fees were last adjusted in 2015. And it's important to note that the mayor's budget submittal that's being considered by the Board of Supervisors does assume this 15% increase that's in the ordinance before you for your recommendation. The Code Advisory Committee did consider this ordinance last week and they made a positive recommendation of approval to you. The committee also suggested that DBI review its fees annually instead of making more substantial changes years apart. On that note, I will mention that DBI continues to conduct its comprehensive fee study, which you know about, though it was not complete in time to incorporate in the budget for this fiscal year. But pending the results of that study, there may be some proposed adjustments for the next fiscal year or later. Next slide. So again, your requested action today is to recommend approval of this ordinance to the Budget and Appropriations Committee of the Board of Supervisors. Happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Um, do other commissioners have any questions on this? Sure. Commissioner Shaddix. Uh, thank you. Um, just a, a random question. It's a 15% increase. Can we as a board just say right now, let's make it 16 and give every CBO that was here in this room everything they want and then some? Um, because I, I think it's pretty clear that all of what we heard this morning, you know, we have very effective groups doing incredible work into the communities. So are we able to do that? And that might be for our deputy city attorney question, but can we just, and I don't even know if my fellow commissioners would be on board, but can we just say we recommend 16%? Thank you for that question, Commissioner Shaddix. You could make that recommendation. That recommendation would go to the Budget and Appropriations Committee of the Board of Supervisors who are then referring the ordinance to the full Board of Supervisors for adoption as part of the budget. So you could make you could make that recommendation and it would be up to the legislation sponsor, the mayor and her office, or the Budget and Appropriations Com Committee to accept that recommendation or not. Commissioner Toot. I'd like to make a motion to increase the fees by 25%. If the increase to staff cost has been 32%, it's hard for me to understand why we would increase our fees for less. I'm open to amendments from other commissioners that is less, but it seems like it's a reduction in services across the board, no matter what, even with a 15% increase, if, we are, if our costs have increased by 32% and we are only um, uh, seeking to recoup 15%. Commissioner Shaddix. And, and just to follow up to uh, Commissioner Toot, 
if we raised it, you know, let's say another 10 or 15 percent or made that motion, can we d stipulate that those funds are dedicated to the uh, the um, the CBOs here for the, the that we're all here this morning? I don't I'm not aware. Um, I see Deputy City Attorney uh, Rob Kapla. Deputy City Attorney Rob Kapla, this is solely the ordinance and setting the fee table. You cannot make an appropriation as a committee on a line item, um, nor could you do it through this uh, ordinance specifically, which is limited to where you would uh, recommend setting the fees. Deputy Director Alex Koskinen, I think it's important also to note that there would need to be some discussion with the City Attorney regarding um, usability of certain fees. Not all fees are uh, available to pay for CBO services, it would likely be only the apartment license fee or fees directly related to those services, which would result in a need for a very, very significant increase on that small, on that specific fee or a small subset of fees. So we couldn't do a, a general increase for for everything, permit fees likely would not be eligible to be increased for this purpose. So, do you hold on a second, Commissioner Newman? Oh, did, yes. Did you want to speak? Um, what is the will this 15% increase make DBI's budget whole? What is the impact of this overall increase? Has there been a study to look at what the impact of it is? This, in, this will fund DBI for the next two years. However, there is still a very significant structural deficit in excess of $20 million. So this is a first step of likely many small steps to achieve, um, to eliminate the structural deficit and balance revenues and expenditures ongoing. I have a question before I get to Commissioner Toot. My question to you, um, Deputy, is that uh, when you look at the reduction in 2015, the net increase is only 8%, but the, the ordinance is proposing 15. To get a net 15, wouldn't you increase it by 23% to basically net a true 15% increase? Because you're basically taking a 2009 number and only increasing it by 8%, but that's a long time ago. So there's a lot of nuance with fees. Uh, the 2015 address in the state code, the state code requires that fees only recover the amount needed to provide the service. Because of the huge boom in construction from 2010 onwards, the department was collecting uh, excess revenues, which created a huge liability and was technically possibly not legal, and so that is why the fees had to be reduced in, in 2015. Um, I think that the adjustment now was has been set at a level that is believed to not cause economic harm or affect um, the economics of new construction. Understood. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Toot and then Commissioner Newman. I guess I'm confused because we're like you just said that our staff increases, our staff costs have increased over 32 percent. Am I correct so far? Our 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 staffing costs have increased over 32 percent. It costs the city 32 percent more to do 
the same activity. Is that correct? So 32% is the increase in CPI from 2015 to now. I need to go back and look at expenditure amount, actual expenditure amount in 2015 versus now, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was in that same ballpark. Okay, so CPI, so in recovering the cost of services, so what's the rub? I guess I don't understand what the rub is I, against increasing, making a recommendation that's higher than 15%. Uh, it seems like no matter what we do, we're still behind because we're behind this 32% increase. So I'm confused why there's any resistance or any kind of, uh, uh, any justification for, for that, ex that is that that the fees would not be paying what they're paying for if everything has increased so you know so drastically just want to be clear uh, that there's no well increasing the fee across the board does not necessarily provide funds that would be eligible to be used for C the CBOs only certain fees would be eligible for that use. And because it's $5 million, approximately it's a large amount, concentrating that increase on the apartment license fee or a small number of fees would require a very, very large increase to those. So that's the only thing I wanted to make, make clear. Okay, that seems also like a reinterpretation um, I have not been on this commission for very long, but it doesn't seem like that interpretation of our funding has, has, is the historic interpretation of our funding. So I don't know, I, I think this is most of, very much a question for Deputy City Attorney and, and would likely require some time to research which fees would be applicable to which costs and what the department's options are. And that's definitely planned to be a part of our, our fee study and our actual detailed fee analysis, which we will propose for the next year. Okay, but my motion is just, is, is not an appropriation to motion. It's a motion to increase the fees by a larger number. And so it's not, I, I you know, so I guess I have a motion on the floor. I'd, I'd like to, rec I mean, Commissioner Newman is next, but just to balance the conversation, I do understand um, uh, your point about making sure that you don't increase fees so much that you disincentivize what DBI's purposes is to uh, facilitate, you know, projects and permitting. So I think that that's a balanced assessment of how much you're increasing the fees based on your last statement. So Commissioner Newman. So uh, this 15% increase seems sufficient to sort of get us through the immediate budgetary needs. And then there's this fee study that is more comprehensive that will look specifically at what we're spending, where, and how we make up those differentials. What's the timing on the fee study? And if we were to add the CBOs back into the budget, could those then be accounted for at the time of the, the fee study? The fee study will likely be completed fall winter. Uh, I believe our contract is through October with the um, consultant who's doing the fee study. So it will 
be completed around then. Um, and yes, we can build any assumptions we want into the cost side, and then those costs would be spread through the fees based on our volume estimates. And so, yes, we have the flexibility to introduce things like that, something like that, into the fee study. And just one more question. I understand this may not be fair since the fee study is not done, but uh, do you anticipate um, the increases brought on by the fee study to be greater than that of the 15% that's being posed uh, as a across-the-board increase? Sure. Some very basic napkin math. I think the apartment license fee brings in about $7 million a year. CBO amount is about $5 million a year, so 5 divided by 7 is about 70% increase would be required, assuming that that is the only fee that is eligible to fund those services. So that's a rough ballpark of what the increase could be. This is a this is a step in lieu of finishing that fee study to to Commissioner Newman's question. But when when does the department anticipate completing that fee study? Because I know we've talked about that in past uh, commission meetings. The fall fall winter. Okay, so that in fall winter we'll have some assessment on how much more and do we we anticipate that it's going to be greater than fifteen percent at that point based on that fee study. Very likely, yes. And then the next question will be going over the fees line by line. Is this an accepted, based on the math that the consultant does, if, they, if one fee should go up 500%, is that something that we will actually do? And if we do not on a specific fee, then how will that funding be made up? So there will be a lot of discussion, I, I think. I anticipate a lot of discussion on individual line item fees when the, the results come out. I would like to make a motion to approve the 15% increase. Okay. Is there a second? Second. Uh, yes, there will, uh, there's public comment on this item. I just took the motion, and then there, there's public comment now. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, just, just one moment, Mr. Drattler. So there was uh, also a motion by Commissioner Alexander Toot. Was there a second for that? Or I don't I'd know like if we had how to address it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd like to second um, Commissioner okay. Schutz. Proposal. Okay. Okay. So there is a motion and a second What's for that motion. So how does that happen? Because the public comment first. Okay. So um, you want to you state your your motion again, Commissioner Alexander? Too. Uh, my motion was to recommend to the maker of the legislation, the sponsor of the legislation, to increase the, the fees to twenty five percent. By 20, 20%? 25%. 25%. And Commissioner Shaddix had seconded that motion. Correct. Um, okay, so is there public comment on the first the first motion? Um, I'm sorry, on, on this item in uh, general then. Sorry, being guided as I'm going along. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think if DBI did a better job of billing fees 
it would increase department revenue and help fund some of these important programs. One of the areas I think they could improve on is reinspection fees. So, you know, when an inspector is denied entry, it costs money to send them out there. And if you have to send them out there multiple times, it increases their workload. So you could reduce the workload and you could also penalize the property owners who are not making the property available. And there's no reason that couldn't be done much, much better. Um, another area where fee income could be improved is DBI is currently violating the code when it renews a permit, an expired permit, with an admin permit. The code specifically says you have to um, follow a specific procedure and assess fees. So, I mean, basically, DBI is charging $1 for an admin permit when it should be um, assessing the correct fees. Furthermore, the misuse of admin permits really facilitates finalizing building permits that should never be final. And the example I gave you this morning on 320 Alamany Avenue is a textbook case. Why were four building permits or admin permits issued for building permits that were never expired? Thank you. Thank you, commissioners. I wanted to speak in favor of increasing the fees to 25%. Um, it's an enterprise department. It has to pay for its services. Um, and it is a shame that some of these fees weren't raised before to pay for these services. Um, frankly, that some of our departments haven't seen an increase in um, sort of cost of doing business or anything in years, and that um, these fees are really the only way to protect the services that this important department um, does. Thank you. Is there any further public comment? Is there any remote public comment? Please press star three if you'd like to, to raise your hand if you'd like to speak. Okay, seeing none, then I guess we're, we're back to the motion. So can you clarify how to handle this? <laughs> uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kepler, I think we jumped from uh, from the ordinance before public comment directly to motions. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure we preserved there was a first motion, there was a second motion. Uh, I think that it's probably um, appropriate to have discussion on whether or not the board wants to increase the recommendation from 15% to another number and then arrive at whether there's consensus on a recommendation. If you would prefer not to have discussion and go straight to the vote on the first motion, which is 25%, we do have a second, and so we could do a roll call vote, but I would leave that to the uh, motion maker. Commissioner Toot, Commissioner Newman, then Commissioner Summer, and then Commissioner Tam. Um, I think we should go for a vote on the motion, process-wise, I think we should just go for a vote on the motion, and if in the, co in the opportunity for commissioners to speak, if you would like to say, I, 25 is too high for me, I have something else I'd like to propose, like, that can be part of the discussion, um, and if it's not your appetite, then, you know, we can go to a vote. Um, I want to say, this is about the department as a whole, 
um, and not about any specific line item. It is about our, we are constantly hearing how our inspectors are backed up. If you want to talk about fees, what the most expensive thing that I hear from people who are trying to remodel their house or people who are trying to get permits is the time it takes to get them. So while, yes, there's a lot of effort in, into streamlining our processes, I can't imagine how um, a fee increase will, you know, will increasing the fees in order to increase to lower the time that it takes to get through our services, all of our services, I, is I think I would guess a likely gain for um, for the public at large um, because SRO collaboratives has come up. I want to do my disclosure, which is that I previously worked for the for the SRO collaboratives. I maintain friendships and. Uh, collegial relationships with um, people who are associated, who are employed, who receive services from the collaboratives, um, but that does not cloud my judgment in any way. And my, I speak as a line item, at the line item, not for any particular organization or individual. Um, but I do, I do believe that this line, that a 25% fee increase through the process, the free study will give us, I don't believe, we have an $11 million cut to our department. That's not, that's the collaboratives and it's also other city services that our department is supposed to provide. And if we have the opportunity to increase the service and to, to, to increase our services, to preserve our services, I would recommend, and we have obviously the political will to increase the fees at some level I would encourage, and that's all this motion does, is encourage the person who is the sponsor of this legislation to increase the fees to 25%. Commissioner Newman? Uh, I would just like to say um, the, fee, the fee raise is only effective if we're collecting fees, which means that people have to continue to build in the city. The 15% increase across the board seems very reasonable to me to get us through this immediate budget shortfall. And we know that we're looking at the full fee study and that will sort of, the intent there is to solve the, the bigger budgetary shortfalls. And so that's all I'm gonna say on the issue. Commissioner Summer. I agree with Commissioner Newman. This this ordinance seems like sort of the stopgap in between now and when we do the, we keep calling it right sizing of the, um, of the fees that for the, based on the fee study that's ongoing right now. Um, so I, I support, obviously it needs to happen. I support the increase as it stands uh, at a minimum. Um, I agree with Commissioner Newman that it's not like these fees come from nowhere. They come from homeowners, developers, um, and you know they're trying to make it pencil out to get their projects done as well. So, um, yeah, we. I would I would I support the ordinance as it stands. Uh, I'm I'm okay with including some language about as a minimum. I don't know that I would be personally so bold as to say 25%, but um, that would be how I would phrase it. Thank you, Commissioner Summer, Commissioner Tam. I actually am in line with increasing the fees or at least proposing an increase, um, you know, having a buffer for two or having an exit plan for two or two years um, 
I think, and, and leaving out some of these organizations um, is something that I'm not comfortable with. I definitely, if we're going to increase the fees, I definitely want to make sure that there's enough to be able to accommodate the community and some of these organizations, um, especially after hearing and, and seeing, you know, the work they do within the communities there. So um, I would be for an increase, I think 25%. I, you know, I don't have the data to tell me that that's a sufficient amount or what's a sufficient amount right now. But an increase, I, I do feel that an increase is necessary above 15%. Thank you, Commissioner Tam. I would like to add my comments to Commissioner um, Newman and Commissioner Summer. I agree with their um, uh, assessment. I think to, to Commissioner Tam's point, there, we are grabbing at a number that hasn't been assessed. So um, it was the city's recommendation to provide 15% at a minimum. Um, I think this is also in light of the fact that those fees are only gathered from from projects that are or applicants that are coming through DBI. So I support Commissioner Newman and Commissioner Summer. Commissioner Newman? Um, just for clarity, uh, the CBO program is funded through the end of the year, correct? And Correct. And so if we were to at a later time suggest or discuss bringing that back into DBI's budget that could be assessed within the uh, fee study, correct? So yes, we can make any, any assumptions about future spending in, in the fee study. Um, and, and one other thing that I wanted to make clear is that whatever the fee study recommends will likely also be phased in slowly. So it will not be done all at once so as to prevent rate shock in the, in the industry. Mm -hmm. And so I believe the intention is to um, increase as slowly as possible um, given the balance that the department has to be able to operate. Commissioner Toot. So I have a question, I'm confused. If the CBO line, I realize we're not talking about the ordinance anymore, um, but because of the, the answer I just given is zero, how can you also say that it's funded through 50% of the fiscal year? No, it starts July 1. The fiscal year starts July I'm 1. I'm sorry, can you, can you repeat the, the question? So my understanding, Commissioner Newman asked, is the CBO line item funded through the, re the, the rest of the calendar year? That, that's my confusion, I apologize. It is funded through the fiscal year, so June 30th, and then after that it is not funded. Should we take a vote on the motion, Madam Secretary? Uh, yes. Motion that was seconded. Um, so I'll take a, a vote um, to, and, to increase the fee to 25%. So that, that was a motion that was made by Commissioner Alexander Toot and seconded by Commissioner Shaddix. Do a roll call vote. Um, President Beto? No. Vice President Tam? Yes. Commissioner Alexander Toot? Yes. Um, Commissioner Newman? No. Commissioner Shaddix? Yes. Um, Commissioner Summer? No. Um, this is three to three, so it does not have a um, majority, so then it, it doesn't, um, the motion doesn't pass, the motion fails. 
So next week, we, um, is there another motion? I propose a motion to pass the ordinance at 15%. Okay, is there a second? Excuse me, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan. Again, it's the recommend approval, either with or with uh, changes. So I think this would be, you recommend to the board approval. Recommend to the board approval of the 15%. Okay. Is there a second on this motion? Second. Okay, and I'll do a roll call vote. Um, President Beto? Yes. Vice President Tam? No. Commissioner Alexander Toot? No. Commissioner Newman? Yes. Commissioner Shaddix? No. And Commissioner Summer? Yes. So it's the same. So what do we do? Okay, so there needs to be a discussion, he said, as a compromise motion, because it has to be a majority. So everybody can discuss what they would like to do. So I'll repeat that again. What do we have to do? Further discussion. So it, you need to be able to either recommend approval of the motion at, or the ordinance as it stands, disapproval or approval with uh, recommended changes. But we're at a stalemate. So what are we going to do? No, no, no. We, like, we can still discuss recommending approval of this. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be Sorry, please go ahead. Well, we, we had one motion, which was recommend approval with a change to 25%. That failed. We had another motion to recommend approval as is, uh, without changes. That failed. So we can we need to either, either uh, uh, the board needs to say we do not recommend approval of the ordinance and pass it on to the board, or we could not come to consensus to recommend approval of the ordinance, or recommend approval with a certain modification. Can we recommend, excuse, sorry, I didn't want to jump. Wait, can we, can we go in order? Commissioner yeah. Shaddix, you were first. Thank you. I was going to suggest to everybody if we split the difference, um, uh, voting to approve with a 20% increase instead of 25, would that buy, not buy, but would that uh, convince one of you to, to move the <laughs> other direction? Commissioner Newman? I think we don't have enough this is an enterprise uh, agency. We don't understand clearly enough exactly what we need in order to operate. We have an idea of what our shortfalls are. And um, this is meant to be a stopgap and not uh, a, a solve for the department's budget problem. And so I really think that we need to focus on that and be looking forward to the fee study and um, thinking about what the priorities in the budget budget are and how we're going to take care of those. We also have not had a fee, had a, a rise in fees in a really long time. This is going to be a huge sticker shock to builders and developers and anything we can do to sort of, I think, step that in slowly over time is going to serve the city overall. Um, I, I think we just we we don't want to um, do too much at once. Um, thank you, Commissioner Newman. Before I go on to Commissioner Tim, I'd like to 
understand what people mean by enterprise, that DBI is an enterprise. DBI is not a for-profit department. We don't get money. Understood, but 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 I just don't want the term be, to be confusing because when you use the term enterprise, it, it might be misconstrued as for profit. DBI has to cover, has to balance their budget just like any um, for profit, non profit organization. But when you call it an enterprise, I think it 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 might give the impression that DBI is is you know trying to make an, a profit, which is not what this. The intent of this increase in fee or the fee study, as I understand it. And I'm not trying to pick on you, but I've heard this a couple times, even in the public, I, I mean, and I just want to be really clear. Maybe, that it maybe it's where it warrants like taking a moment to understand what that means, you know, that ex exactly what it means is that. What would you define, Alex? What would you, I, I'm sorry, I, I forget your last name, Deputy Director Haskinet. Alex. <laughs> sorry. Do you want to define what enterprise means for us? The term is typically used with some city departments like airport, PUC, MTA, and it's that the department must recover its, its costs through its fees rather than support from the general fund. Okay, just making, I, when I hear that word, I hear something much more capitalistic, so maybe that's just my own impression. Okay, Commissioner Tam. I, I was thinking something maybe in the lines. I mean, I definitely think that there should be an increase. Can we make a note that the allocation of the increase, like say to 17%, that that 2% would be allocated to these programs or something like that? Or how does that? Uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan, I think you could make a general, if there was consensus motion, that we, we um, recommend approval with at least the 15% increase, but that the board should increase, should incre uh, consider other increases that would fully fund uh, programs that were in our proposed budget, the big uh, approved budget. And that would be general enough just to provide guidance. The, as you know, the recommendations do not bind the Board of Supervisors, but the important thing is that you discuss a range of options such that if the board were to come up with an increase, they don't have to refer it back and say you did not consider this increase. So the fact that you consider an increase up to 25% means that the board, if they decided to increase above this, would, uh, or uh, between 15 and 25%, wouldn't have to refer it back to you uh, for consideration because it was something that was considered by the BIC at this time. Right. Uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kapla. So the, there is a referral back if the board were to pass the ordinance um, or pass amendments and say they were to change the fee to 17%, 17.5, any other changes. As long as it was within the range that was discussed at this meeting, they wouldn't have to send it back and wait for the BIC to have another meeting to discuss that further change. But if the board were to um, uh, recommend a 32% or 42% increase in fees, that obviously was not discussed here at this time. It would probably have to come back. Um, Commissioner Summer, and then Commissioner Toot. I would be comfortable recommending, I mean, it seems like we all agree at least recommending the ordinance at a minimum. Um, I would be comfortable saying um, with you know, recommendations to potentially up to 20%. Um, as um, people have noted, Nothing in this ordinance talks about allocation and even to, to 
fund you know the CBO consideration nothing we've talked about right now in this ordinance or even it's sort of on the table at the moment would fully fund that as there are very small pieces of this budget that can go to that funding so that's sort of to me it's a separate conversation I think we can all mention that we are if we are that we are in support of that of finding a way to carve that back into the budget but it to me it's a little bit of a separate conversation um, so I would basically deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan made the motion that I would agree with, <laughs> which is the. I think he was making a suggestion. The, we, yeah, well, <laughs> come sit up here. No, just kidding. I think that would be. Um, uh, I, I believe that <laughs> City Attorney Rob Kaplan, the the general uh, motion would be we recommend approval of the ordinance um, with the recommendation that further increases up to twenty percent be considered. I would Second be. That. I would be in support of that, Commissioner Summer. Commissioner Toot? Uh, someone would have to actually state the motion. Well, we're just <laughs> going through our discussion first. Uh, city <laughs> Attorney Kaplan. Um, I would support that, and I would encourage that we use the language of uh, recommending to allocate <laughs> our, our recommendation recommending to increase in order to fund the you know the programs that were cut uh programs and services that were cut uh and 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 keep that vague but have that specific as guidance moving forward i would actually recommend that you be very specific about it because i think one of the things that the commission has voiced is that we don't necessarily want to increase fees for applicants but this would be the recommended increase to 20% would specifically go to the CBO programs because I think that's the intent of what this discussion has been. If we're going to look at an increase, it's really for some of these programs that that have been raised. Is that is that allowed? Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan, we cannot make an appropriation decision. Oh, okay. Obviously, we cannot, and none, nothing the BIC can do can bind what the board would determine. But we have discussed it, and I think that it would be the recommendation. <clears throat> excuse me, um, for another item that has been passed by this BIC would be we recommend increases up to twenty percent to, uh, uh, and that would pin it to the budget as proposed and passed by BIC um, at the, that we actually saw, which did have those items in it. And that way you are at least referring to an item that you have passed through proper process. I'd like uh, to make a motion to increase. Oh. Wait, one second. <laughs> Commissioner Newman. Are, are we open to perhaps the language of a minimum of 15%? I, I can't shake that like a 20% jump in fees across the board. I, I like I'm not comfortable making that recommendation. Um, that seems a really aggressive 15 also seems very aggressive. But if that's what we what is necessary at the moment to get through our budgetary shortfalls, then that's what needs to be done. Um, it that gives leeway for the individuals per, you know, putting forward the legislation to uh, not have to come back because we're saying at a minimum, right? Um, so if they find that in order to make up the necessary shortfalls, they need to increase that above the 15%, it gives them the opportunity to do that. So as I understand you. it, you're saying that 15% is the, is, I would say 15% is the maximum for increased fees. The additional 5% 
it's, uh, is a, a recommended increase for the DBI's budget, is what I heard from, from City Attorney Kapla, Rob Kapla, right? Uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kapla, and I, this is why I should not be making substantive motion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the example motion I proposed was you recommend approval at the 15% increase with the recommendation the board consider further increases up to 20%. It would not be you're recommending 20%. You recommend the board consider them as necessary right. to, uh, and that uh, if you want a substantive recommendation on that, to fund the department as referred in the um, budget. I don't have the item number for the budget proposal that we had. What is the item number? That was from two meetings ago, or the special meeting. Can somebody bring up the item number? No. We, we can put that in, but. Okay. So. All right, so can Motion to increase the fees to 15%, not exceeding 20%. I would uh, like to. The, the part, whatever. I would like to amend that by saying increasing the fees to 15% maximum with the addition, with recommending the additional 5% to prove what a line item budget and a line item and DBI's budget. I, I guess I'm just I want to keep the cap to Commissioner Newman's point at fifteen percent. The additional five percent is serving other purposes at DBI's discretion. But they, uh, they can't allocate but the ordinance is an across the board. Yeah. Say that again? The ordinance the is an across the board increase. They they can't specifically well, then why, then why are we talking about an additional 5% then? Because people want more of an increase. We want the Board of Supervisors to have that option that if they think it's necessary, they can go up to 20% before bringing it back to us. But those, that 20% would go to the to fees in general? Across the board. Deputy City Attorney Rob Kapla, the ordinance is written as 15% across the board. And you can either, which we had a motion to approve the ordinance with a 15% across the board increase. The um, competing motion and the competing uh, discussion has been whether we would do a 20% or 25% um, increase or whether we'd recommend that the board, that 15% is a minimum, but we recommend they consider increasing up to 20%. But that would be across the board. I'd like to make a motion to increase, the, to, to keep 15% at a minimum, but up to 20%. as an increase. I'll second that. Okay, so there's the motion and a second. Could I um, offer? Go ahead, go ahead. Could I offer an amendment to pin it to the budget that was as passed and recommended by the BIC? Because the funding then would Deputy, link it to what we, what we. Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan, I, I, I think that's just a, you would say we recommend that 15% um, increase at a minimum in consideration of up to 20% in order to meet the budget proposed by the BIC. Is there a uh, public comment? Um, there's a hand raised. Um, okay. Okay, um, we're just gonna take this caller that's on the line. You can, you can stand there, you can come up. Okay, go uh, ahead, caller. Oh, caller, you're unmuted. No, I'm, I'm just saying on a daily, like at least by the end of day, daily, just make sure it's accurate to you. Just in case if he goes in, Hello? you're just like, it's like, it's like, it's like, or whatever it might be. 
Hello, caller. You're, this is the Building Inspection Commission. Did you want to make a comment? Go ahead and mute them back. Okay, cool. Go ahead. <laughs> Calling processes can be confusing. Um, I just wanted to clarify that if it, you don't raise fees more than the 15%, um, these agencies will all lay off the majority of our staff studying August 1st. I mean, sorry, July 1st. Um, so I just wanted to clarify since that sounded like it was in confusion before. So thank you for looking at the increased fees. I'm not comfortable increasing it to 20. So uh, Deputy City Attorney Ron Kapp, there was a motion with a second, so. Okay. Uh, this is Willie Yao, and I'm the uh, acting managers of Plan Check. Mm. Uh, basically, uh, I have about uh, 30 plan checkers under my, my watch. So I want to plead to the commission as a public citizen and as an experienced uh, city employee working for the departments for 29 years uh, doing plan check that uh, the engineering and the uh, building inspectors who are doing plan check uh, through the last five, six years, we have been losing uh, upper positions. Uh, basically, I'm working two levels below my classification. In essence, I'm, I'm working our class by two levels. Uh, the positions I'm holding used to be uh, 5212, a principal engineer, which is two levels above what I'm working on. So uh, in the proposed budgets, we try to resume back the the top of the pyramid. In essence, we have a flattened organization. We basically only have two grades of plan checkers working uh, in, a, in, a, in the plan checking division. So uh, I plead to the commissions to see if we can resume those positions that has been cut from our budget to have a fu fully functional uh, plan check department. And over the years, um, I think that you know, the management position and be eroded away and never get, you know, put back into position. That's as a private citizens as well as an employee, uh, that's the plea that I have for the board. Thank you. Okay, so we're, thank you for that com uh, public comment. Um, we're Back to the, the motion. Are we ready to do a roll call vote? What's the mo? Can you repeat the motion? Because we've uh, recommend the fifteen with the re uh, additional recommendation of five percent, twenty percent max. Okay. Say say that again. I just turned your microphone on. The motion was to, and I was going off Rob, Deputy uh, uh, City Attorney Rob Kapla's wording there. Um, Recommending moving the 15% uh, increases with a re no, moving forward with the 15% increases with a recommendation of another 5% capping at 20%. Yeah. 
Uh, it, uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan, that's the motion that you made, and that's what has a second. Um, yeah. So that that was the motion. That was uh, the motion. President Vito. Okay. Oh, and I seconded it. Seconded it. So are we ready for a roll call vote? Apparently. Okay. Uh, President Vito? No. Vice President Tam? Yes. Commissioner Alexander Toot? Yes. Commissioner Newman? No. Commissioner Shaddix? Yes. Commissioner Summer? Yes. Okay, then the motion carries four to three. I'm sorry, four to one, two, two, four to two. Okay, thank you. So um, next we are on to item seven, update on the vacancy tax for the named commercial corridors and what DBI shows as vacant storefronts. Um, through the chair, please, if I may. Yes. Um, I didn't anticipate, this, this is definitely something I've been working on for quite some time and it's finally landed in front of us and I didn't recognize, or I didn't realize this was gonna be a quite an extensive meeting and it's still going and we have a closed session ahead. So. Um, I don't know how you all would feel about this, but would would you all be able to walk through the chair, um, have them come back next hearing, um, or do you all want to continue? I'm I'm fine with going forward. I just was hoping we can go forward. With we can go your forward with agenda it. item, and we can we can move forward some other agenda okay, items perfect. on the. I mean, f uh, should we do that now, Madam Secretary, or do you want to do it at the time? Um, at the at the time, we should just go ahead with this item right now. Then we could discuss As it. A, we have potential to uh, move forward number eleven, and I would actually mm -hmm. move f forward on the minutes because I didn't see the minutes either. So, okay, unless I missed those, um, but I think I I looked okay. at everything. Okay, well. Can we discuss what items we'll continue after we hear this item? Yeah. No, repeat that again. I'm sorry. We Can we discuss the items that we are going to continue after yeah. we hear this item? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. can come forward. Thank you. Good afternoon, Commission members. Um, my name is Charles Robinson. I oversee clerical administrative staff at DBI and within the code enforcement section. Um, I understand that there's a commissioner or two that has an interest in knowing and understanding how DBI uh, tracks and enforces the vacant storefront um, ordinance, right? Um, we have a slide, if we can go ahead. Next slide. So um, the definition of uh, what makes a storefront actually vacant. Um, so one, it has to be unoccupied, and then uh, secondly, it could be any combination of uh, the following. Um, unoccupied and unsecured, or secured by boarding or similar means. Um, unoccupied and unsafe, by definition, within the San Francisco Building Code, um, has multiple code violations, or has, is unoccupied for more than 30 days. Next slide. Um, the ordinance was actually introduced in 2014 and went into effect. Um, it was updated in 2019. Um, it actually requires property owners to register um, and inform DBI of the vacancy. 
uh, within 30 days. Um, there is an annual, uh, annual registration fee of $711. Um, and if they do not comply with actually registration, with registering, um, the, there is an applied penalty of four times the actual registration fee of 711. Next slide. Um, it's important to note that DBI does not proactively seek out these vacancies. So there's two avenues in which they come, um, you know, so to speak, on DBI's radar. Um, one is self-registration, but the vast majority is by complaint. Um, so DBI will receive a complaint. Um, we will add it. We do um, cursory research. We'll add it to our vacancy data sheet in which um, then we have two inspectors dedicated to this program. They will go out and do a site inspection if they deem it um, it's warranted to be maintained um, and remain on the data, I mean on the data sheet, then we will begin the process of contacting them by warning notice and then uh, subsequently by notice of violation. Next slide. Um, so, again, uh, it's important to note that DBI does not um, implement the vacancy tax that is actually handled by the um, taxing or treasury and tax collectors. Um, we do make, it would be irresponsible for me to speculate as to how they collect their data. But DBI does uh, have data available for any agency that is interested and um, needs it to apply to their own um, processes. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so over time, it had become very apparent that the process in which we were maintaining our sheets, um, it would require a more robust mechanism. So as of now, um, so we've been going through an immense amount of data cleanup. Um, we have um, our management information systems division that um, is greatly assisting us, and actually they are in the process of finalizing um, the development of a vacancy app, which will increase um, transparency. It will make reporting a lot easier and efficient, um, and it will be viewable to the public live. Next slide. So the nature of, you know, the nature of the list is dynamic, right? So, you know, you could be vacant one moment and then a couple of months later you are occupied and then subsequently maybe vacant again. Um, this app will actually help us uh, create more accurate reporting um, and uh, more like live stream in terms of keeping track of the vacancies. So, um, unfortunately, over you know in the past, DBI was not very good at. Uh, once we knew a property was vacant, we weren't really uh, subsequently following up on those properties. So now this will allow us to follow up um, more efficiently with properties that were in which the last known status was vacant. 
Um, if that is no longer the case, um, it's a simple fix in which uh, the property owners will contact us and provide the necessary information and we'll remove them. But um, we had missed a lot of properties in the past and this is our means of fixing that. I believe that's the last slide. Uh, we are in the process of also making it um, viewable by district. That's pretty much the last step that we're going to be adding to it. Um, this, this app will be available within the next couple of months. Um, unfortunately, uh, I know there's some interest in uh, specific corridors. Um, this DBI is incapable of really um, identifying those, those corridors, um, but at least we can do so by district. Is there, are there any questions about how this is applied or? Um, Commissioner Shaddix, do you wanna? Uh, thank you, thank you, Charles. And that, if you could go back to that slide, please, that showed the district maps. Um, the one that we just looked, there it is. Mm -hmm. um, so just clarifying, those of you watching at home and are glued to your sets, um, the, uh, you know, the, the vacancies you see in these listings, um, these are pretty much a, a general number in these, in these uh, districts. They're not, they're, they're going to be a lot lower than that because uh, the, the ordinance itself is to zoom in on named commercial corridors. So if we looked at Third Street, for example, that, that actually is about eight blocks, ten blocks long, excuse me. So these maps are showing, you know, entire um, districts, which is, which is good to know. And um, the important thing here, too, is I, I agree that it's the tax collector that's going to be imposing um, this. But the best, best reporting I've found, you know, with only two inspectors um, out of the field, I think the best inspectors are our neighborhood um, folks themselves, people who walk in their own neighborhood commercial corridors. That, and, um, you know, so I appreciate, I, I know I've been working with some of you for <laughs> a, a long time on this. So it's moving in the right direction for sure. And I'm hoping, and I'd have to do that through the chair, is that in a future meeting we could have the tax collector um, begin to show us data as to, you know, of all of these that, you know, DBI is showing, how many is the tax collector showing, and then how are the two departments going to work together. But that, I think that's, we're on our way to that. So I, I want to just say thank you to DBI, because I know you guys have taken a lot of calls from me from the last four or five years. And, we're getting there, so thank you, and thank you, Charles. Thank you, I appreciate your if you could, whatever work. Yeah, if you could stay up just for any other questions. I, I have a couple of questions about it personally. So, Commissioner Shaddix, the crux of this um, tax and um, the vacancy tax occurs after six months, is that correct? 182 days, okay. yes. And I guess what's the purpose of this? Is this to incentivize business owners to um, have their ground floor occupied, I would presume. Is that correct? That is, that is correct. You know, disincentivize them from holding onto the, you know, a vacant property or a vacant storefront. And, and this all came about through um, the voter initiative that passed by two-thirds of the, the, the um, voters of San Francisco. And it was, and this is long before we ever heard of COVID. This was really to encourage, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stick, but it's not a, it's not a big stick. Um, it's just to encourage and motivate property owners that are leaving their vacant storefronts in corridors 
get them motivated to, uh, to get a tenant in there. Even, there's even you know, temporary use uh, permits out there that you don't have to sign a long-term lease. You can do a six-month, you know, art. there's a lot, of, a lot of different tools to do this, but sometimes you have to compel property owners, give them a little nudge, and it's not, it's not huge, but you know, we have, I think this definitely talks to specific individuals throughout the city through these commercial corridors. Uh, De Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplai should advise the, um, the the basis for the ordinance is to alleviate blight and the dangerous conditions that empty storefronts can have. Um. Yeah, the only question that I have, and I have sort of mixed um, perceptions about this, is that, you know, as someone who would own a commercial piece of property, especially at the ground floor if you have a debt service, um, the motivation is pretty high to have that um, t that vacancy filled. So, and to, to Commissioner Shattuck's point, it is a little bit of a stick. Um, and it, and I guess the question is, who are the, the bad players who don't make an effort to try to have these ground floor, uh, uh, ground floor spaces occupied? Because to me, it's just totally, and I've owned commercial property, so, um, it's totally counterintuitive that you would own a commercial property with a ground floor retail and not be incentivized to have that, you know, have a tenant there. So who are we targeting that this is just sort of an egregious problem, you know, for the city that they have to sort of create a program to tax them and incentivize them to get a tenant? I'd imagine that it's, the bad players would be the owners of the properties that are holding out for like higher rent, right? So, you know, in this climate, I don't know what the market rate is for, you know, square footage for commercial space, but there may be a property owner who's speculating that, oh, there's gonna be a turnaround in a year, so, you know, let me just sit on this property as opposed to actually filling it. And, um, Secondly, um, they may actually, you know, just neglect the property. And in the meantime, as Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan pointed out, there's um, a blight is a major issue right now. Yeah, I'm just I'm just curious if taxing um, commercial property owners would further incentivize them. And I understand the issues of the blight, but. Um, you know, when you weigh, when you look at what's happening to San Francisco, even the biggest retailer in downtown San Francisco mm. is basically leaving. You know, Westfield oh. is leaving their mall. Nordstrom is leaving. A number of huge, really big box retailers are leaving. Uh, you know, if if those if those companies are in bad shape, how much more for um, a single commercial property owner? So. You know, I understand that trying to reduce blight is absolutely a, a crucial problem. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just ha I just have some mixed feelings about the stick and the carrot that you're putting in front of a property owner to, uh, to, to do that. Sorry. Um, it's important to note that this, the tax aspect of it is not fall under DBI's purview. That's a tax collector. Okay. We only enforce the ordinance. Uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan, the original building code change, uh, changes in 2014 and 2019. They were 
Um, to, I believe 2019 was specific to commercial uh, uh, storefronts as opposed to just vacant or abandoned buildings. And so our jurisdiction and the city's ability through regulations and building code is solely related to the risk that uh, blighted buildings or unsafe buildings would be and, and the money that's collected in the registration there is solely to, uh, to ensure enforcement and that we don't have dangerous conditions that will pop up. The vacancy taxes is obviously uh, is not within our regulatory purview, but I guess our, our inventory is used possibly for determining how the assessor would assess those taxes, but we do not implement the tax or collect it. And right, and the other question that I have is how you um, are made aware of these vacant buildings really through a complaint. It's not, and so no. it's like if you have a bad neighbor that doesn't like you, then, you, you know, DBI is going to learn about it, the city's going to learn about it. It's not an objective assessment by the city that, you know, X amount of ground floor retail is vacant. Thusly, they will be taxed in six months if they don't fill those vacancies. So that's the other, you know, the fact that it, it is a little bit arbitrary. So, you know, so Commissioner Shaddix, you know, I want to respect the time and effort that you put into this, but, you know, it does have a lot of, like, given where we are right now, I, ha I have a lot of mixed feelings about it, and I understand that the Third Street Corridor is really important to you and revitalizing that area, but so I'm just trying to understand, you know, how this is really going to fix that, mm -hmm. given the fact that the city is losing retailers day by day. Just clarifying too that this doesn't apply to downtown at all. This, uh, this, this uh, uh, voter passed initiative was, you know, again, long before we heard of COVID and uh, it never included the downtown area. And I agree, I, I see the paper every day with somebody else leaving downtown. Um, it's the most avoidable tax out there. It is so simple to not have to pay this tax. Um, put your property on. For, put a for rent sign in your window that pretty much gets you out of it you know there's a lot of a lot of tools okay. to get you out of that tax it, nobody wants and i i certainly would not i'd be the last person on earth that would want to pay a tax um i couldn't afford to pay another tax um so it's never never intended to, to penalize anybody it's more to motivate and a lot of these commercial corridors that are named they had very specific issues, very specific property owners who, you know, there's land banking, um, you know, and there's their LLCs, they're out of town, they're out of state, and these buildings do become blighted and dangerous. And, uh, and I had mentioned to Charles um, recently that I'd love to take the, the DBI and the tax collector do a road show and go to some of these uh, neighbor com named commercial corridors and show you or anyone the exact buildings, what we're talking about. And I think if you saw it, and then saw what we were trying to do, and then it would make a, it would make sense. But I agree with the sentiment that, you know, we're, the last thing in the world we want to do is, uh, you know, upset the retail corridor. Um, we want we are encouraging people to come. Yeah, and, and I have the same feeling about like residential rental property because you have landowners that are sort of like they they don't live there, they don't know what's going on, and so it's a, a similar issue. So, Commissioner Toot, um, I was. So I, I was curious if you could expand more on how um, how neighbors and how residents do the reporting, and how does the how does the how like how are you interacting with stakeholders to to gather this data? So um, to answer your first question is you know self registration or complaint, right? Um, now I'm sorry. 311, they sometimes we receive emails directly to code enforcement. 
but um, generally speaking, it's through 311. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sorry, the second component to your question. Um, do you work with stakeholder groups along the corridors, or um, is there is there a, other intentional outreach, or is it complaint and reporting based? Um, in terms of communicating with stakeholders, the, the, you know, the most common aspect of that is just people asking for our data, so we make that available. Um, again, we're in the process of cleaning that up, um, and this vacancy app uh, will make that really easy for stakeholders. Fantastic. As someone who lives around a commercial corridor, thank you for your work because <laughs> sure. like, driving my child in the stroller next to a bunch of trash that's been built up against vacant buildings is not fun. So thank you. And if I, if I may, to the Commissioner chair. Commissioner um, yeah. So kind of to answer your, to your question to Commissioner Toot. So there really isn't and hasn't been a great system of identifying vacancies. At 311 up to even six months ago wasn't you know, that good at uh, getting these, uh, unless there was something serious like broken windows or, you know, kicked in door, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so they've gotten a lot better and there is, an, and I wish I had asked to put the link up here so you could see it, but there is a new link through 311 that you have three options. Uh, you can report a vacancy or a blighted vacancy, or you are the property owner wanting to self-report your vacancy. And it's pretty quick and easy, but to, to your question is, is there communication with neighborhood groups and stuff? I don't, don't do think a, there is. do a particular outreach. And that's what I was hoping that, you know, we're gonna do the road show, just like the Antiques Road Show. We're gonna take it on the road, and I'm happy, if I'm still around, I'm happy to, to do that too. I'm happy to visit any neighborhood commercial corridor and show them exactly how to, what, what constitutes blight, what constitutes a vacant storefront, and I'm hoping, Charles, you'll, you'll ride along with me. Um, I have to look at this guy for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the boss over there. Oh, maybe you can go with me, too. Get the permission to go. Go trip. <laughs> so if, if, a, if a retail or commercial property owner makes the attempt to seek out a tenant, whether that's, you know, some kind of listing or um, visible sign on their storefront, does that alleviate them from the fines or the tax? Um, no, not for commercial storefronts. Um, simply advertising rental is, does not exempt them. However, uh, sale of property would, but not the actual process of attempting to rent. Okay. We don't know how serious that attempt it would be necessarily. So. But we are in a down market, right? I don't have any other questions. I don't think there's an action on this. Uh, no, it's just a, re re just a reporting. So if there's no other commissioner questions, thank you very much for your presentation. Is there any public comment on this item? Is there any remotely? Okay, seeing none, so thank okay, you very thank much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Okay, so um, at this point, uh, President Beto, would you like to discuss the items to hear and the items to continue? Yeah, hold on, I've got it. So we are on number. Um, we're, we're on number eight. Oh yeah. Um, I'd like to make a motion to continue number ten and eleven. Ten and eleven. Um, I wasn't clear. Did are the meeting minutes available? Because I I downloaded everything in the email, but not through the 
Um, no, the, the, these are the minutes for the uh, the special meeting. So they were they were as prepared by uh, the Planning Commission Secretary Jonas Ionin, and I just you know submitted them for your for the commissioners' review. If you wanted to continue it to the next meeting, that's fine. I would like to con okay. continue because I haven't read them, but uh, okay. if, if the commission's okay with that, continue ten and eleven. Second. Okay. Is and is there there so there's a motion and a second to continue items ten and eleven. Is there a public motion comment? to continue ten and eleven? Mm -hmm. Second. Okay. So there's a motion by President Beto and second by Vice President Tam. And is there a public comment? Is there anyone? Oh, and did anyone come to specifically comment on either of those items? And is there any remotely? Uh, there's no public comment. So are all commissioners in favor of continuing these items? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay, then the items will be continued to the next meeting. So we are on item eight, commissioners questions and matters. 8A, inquiries to staff. At this time, commissioners may make inquiries to staff regarding various documents, policies, practices, and procedures which are of interest to the commission, and 8B, future meetings and agendas. At this time, the commission may discuss and take actions to set the date of a special meeting and or determine those items that could be placed on the agenda of the next meeting and other future meetings of the Building Inspection Commission. I think the July meeting is on the 19th. Commissioner It's on July 19th. Oh. I, I have a, a, a question specifically just pertaining to my, uh, to the uh, vote that we took to recommend. Is it possible to amend my vote? To, or is, is it possible to recommend uh, a piece of legislation but not support the recommendation, the additional recommendations? It's a question. Uh, Deputy City, as an individual commissioner? Yes. That would be what your no vote indicated. On okay. That. I just wanted to clarify. So we are on A and B. Yeah, A, a and B. Yeah, I would like to make a recommendation for a future agenda, and that's to discuss the data on permitting times, and that's you know, on the tail and appending, you know, the work that um, planning and DBI has done for the development permit review. Um, so one is uh, the data regarding permitting times. The other is an update on the development review permit process. Um, more and really focused on DBI's effort on that. Thank you. Is there any other items, uh, proposed agenda items for by commissioners? Um, so I was very confused by this budget process. Um, we made a recommendation. I thought that it was that in making a recommendation that we were creating a policy framework that the originally presented budget was not something that we were, um, we, our policy direction, and then we passed a budget, and then there was a budget that was negotiated that did not seem to follow our policy recommendation or our policy thinking. So I would like to have both in, an informational on what is our budget authority as a commission, and clarification and a possible um, uh, action item to clarify our policy or, or to create a policy that um, addresses 
the commission's budget authority or clarifies the budget authority if we don't, if it's not clear. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, is there any other items? Or if it's not, then. Could you rephrase that? I, I just don't understand your question. Sure, I'd like to have an informational item where the we, the commission hears about what our what our authority is on budget. Do we just recommend? Do we recommend policy? Like, what is our commission's authority? And in that discussion, have the have the possibility of an action item that would create a policy because we have to notify, right? So if in the process of the discussion, we realize that there is perhaps one of our rules is not clear, or there could be a better rule, then we could have the authority as a commission to adopt that, but of course by majority, not by one person. Is that something that city attorney could clarify rather quickly or not? Uh, the uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kapla, the charter vests the Building Inspection Commission with the authority to recommend the staff's proposed budget to the mayor. Um, and once, the, once we propose a budget, once the BIC proposes a budget to the mayor, um, it's, the, it's the mayor who has to put the budget together for the entire city and, and make determinations after that. So obviously, I'm not proposing taking any power away from the mayor <laughs> in any way. Um, but is there policy, is there opportunities for policy clar clar like clarification and direction from the commission towards the staff in those negotiations? Understand that we cannot behold the mayor to any action. And it's just a recommendation that we can make on the budget is what I heard. Yeah, right. City beyond, beyond, like I would say, like beyond the, the dollars and cents, right? The the line by line, but like if there are cuts, I expect. I hope it's not true, but I expect that we will go into another year where there's a potential for shortfalls, and so can we give policy direction, or recommendation to the staff, it, with um of, if you you know, if this budget is not accepted. These are our values and the process we'd like you to recommend and follow. Um, Deputy uh, City Attorney Rob Kapple, I believe that's what the budget recommendation is. So when the budget is proposed by staff, you have the opportunity to express what's important within the budget um, and then what you want included in the budget that then is, is sent to the mayor. Um, I don't think we, I, I think that what you're proposing is, is a sort of line item veto in negotiations by staff, but. Um, at the direction of BIC, I'm not entirely sure. No, it would be more like, this is our budget, and we, if you, if this is not the accepted budget, our, we would like, we would prefer a cross the board five percent cut, or a, you know, you do explore staff freezes before layoffs. You know, like there's, uh, you know, things that of that kind of nature where we give some policy direction of our values and our preference as a commission without uh, that would give the, the staff the policy perspective of the commission because we're not in those negotiations and nobody comes back to us to say hey this is what we negotiated thumbs up thumbs down like we don't have that authority as a commission we just get the first by the apple and so because we only had the first by the apple is there a way in to allow us to set 
you know, uh, to say if this, if this budget, you know, if there's, a, if, because sometimes these budget directions come after we've approved a budget. So if there's a, another 10% or if there's an, a further ask, these is the, this is our, the process we'd like you to consider in the negotiations. We can't hold people into negotiations, otherwise it's not a negotiation, I understand uh, that. Deputy City Attorney Rob Cap, I think general, um, I wouldn't say directives, but general mm -hmm. policy considerations or uh, a narrative of the importance of, of certain priorities is, is fine to pass as a recommendation along with the budget, um, but you would not be able to give uh, directives on how to negotiate um, Are we done with A, A, uh, A and B? Yes. Is there any public comment on items 8, A, and B? Okay. I'm seeing now we're on number 9, director's report, 9A, director's update. Uh, good afternoon, President Beto and members of the Building Inspection Commission. Um, I'll try to be brief here. I know it's been a long meeting. Um, first, I want to thank you for uh, an in-depth and thoughtful conversation about our budget. Uh, I also want to note that it's been an extremely challenging budget season that required very difficult decisions. Among the most challenging I've had to make in my two decades at DBI. Uh, this is not what we want to do, it's what we have to do. Um, at the core, we are regulators uh, charged with enforcing those legal code requirements uh, before and after a building is built. And we do have uh, to do it because of uh, the limited funds we generate through permit and inspection fees. Regardless of the challenges and obstacles that come our way, we will continue to make sure San Francisco's built environment is code compliant and safe for its residents. This will continue to be our priority. Uh, and uh, just moving on to um, an item relating to staff recognition um, and, a, and a community event. Next, I want to share that DBI will participate in uh, a community event this weekend with the Chinese Real Estate Association of America. Uh, DBI engineer Vivian Huang will attend and answer questions and provide information. Thank you, Vice President Tam, for uh, suggesting this is a great opportunity for community outreach. Uh, and finally, I want to share some customer feedback we got this month uh, that made me smile. Daniel Liu recognized Rhonda Queen at Permit Technician in Code Enforcement Services by saying, thanks so much, Rhonda and Team DBI. I'm impressed by the immediate help and abundant care you all provide, whether it's through phone, email, or in person. You're a shining example of the kindness we treasure in our beloved city. Commissioners, as you know, we have prioritized improving our customer service. So it's very gratifying for me to get this kind of positive feedback from a customer. Great job, Rhonda and Team DBI. That concludes my director's report. Thank you. Um, next we have 9B, update on major projects. Thank you. Um, 
The following slides are intended to highlight the volume and valuation of projects costing $5 million or more that have been filed, issued, or completed in the past month. We will profile a few projects that bring especially high value in terms of their contribution to housing and community assets. Uh, in May of 2023, four permit applications with an estimated construction value of five million or more were filed with DBI. One uh, application was for a new park at the Transbay Block 3, which is valued at 13.6 million. Another is for a major restoration of an affordable housing building at 421 Lavenworth, and that one is valued at 10 million. Um, last month we issued five high-value permits with a valuation of 53 million. One permit was for a major project renovation at, of a, a congregation, Emmanuel, at 2 Lake Street, uh, which was valued at 21.5 million. Another is for construction of a new 35-unit condo building at 915 North Point Street, which uh, was valued at 12.2 million. And Lastly, DBI uh, finaled one high-value permit. The project was for the construction of 94 affordable housing units at 145 Lavenworth Street uh, in the new TL residences development. Uh, thank you. Thank, <clears throat> thank you. Um, next is... Um, I, oh, I have ahead. a question for... Director Reardon, just one quick question. One of the things we, I think, discussed in a prior meeting is that in these major projects, could we include the permitting times for all these major projects? Because this, this, to me, is, you know, the crux of what planning and DBR is, is doing in terms of development re permit review, you know, yeah. reform. So, I, and we don't have to do it today necessarily, Director Reardon, but in the future, I'd like to n know what, um, when something's been completed, um, just so that we have a baseline understanding between the projects that have happened in the past and then the projects that we're moving towards and trying to expedite projects. I think it's a good baseline and also ties out to some of the data that we're requesting in the next meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know we, we touched on that in the last meeting and I did have discussions with staff. So we'd like to you know, find out a little bit more from you in regard to exactly what it is we can do to provide what you're requesting well I think the the thing that I'm requesting is what matters to an applicant and also an architect who's submitting is the time that they submit and also they pay their fees and you can parse out what time is at planning and and the time that DBI uh, spent their their review time their technical review and then also parse out what other technical review like public works or whatever. But, you know, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, structural is in DBI's purview, so all of that you can assess. But then understanding from beginning to end when a permit was issued, from the time it was submitted to the time it was issued, that's the entire timeline. You can parse it in between that, but it's the entire timeline that I'd like to understand or we would like to understand as commission. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the timeline you're discussing is the time it, mm -hmm. it, it mm -hmm. journeys through DBI in particular but also noting the, the yep. other department. <laughs> yeah, but even if it's going to planning, it's coming to DBI anyways, just, yeah. as it, just as it will, even with the development review process or the, 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 the site permit reform. 
it's still going to go through DB. Well, actually, that's not true. It might go through planning. So. Okay. Yes, we'll work on that. Yeah. Thank you. There's no further questions. Um, we're on to item no. C, update on DBI's finances. Hello again, commissioners. I have the regular monthly update, uh, which I will speed through quickly, and then I have a brief update on the budget as well. So we are almost all the way through the year. No surprises from, no changes from last month, and we don't expect any surprises through the end of the year. We expect to end the year down about $5.5 million in revenue from what was originally budgeted. Next slide, please. So these are the, the specific amounts that we project to receive. No, no real changes from the prior month. Next slide. On the expenditure side, also, um, we continue to proceed as expected. We project ending the year with $3.2 million of expenditure savings. So between that and our revenue deficit, we expect to end the year down $2.2 million, so having to use an additional $2.2 million of our reserves from what we had expected at the beginning of the year. Next slide. Here are the figures. Again, no significant changes from last month and uh, no surprises expected for the end of the year. Next month or perhaps in July or um, August when the books are closed, we will provide a, a final accounting of the year. Next slide, please. Uh, permit volume continues as, as it has for the past few months. We continue to underperform slightly. Uh, compared to the same time last year, we're down about 10% in both uh, volume and valuation. Next slide, please. Here are the amounts. Next slide, please. So this slide shows the changes to the proposed fiscal year 23-24 um, and 24-25 budgets. So the difference between, um, oh, sorry. What we had uh, proposed in the department phase, that the budget that was before you in February and the budget that the mayor released on June 1st. So. As you know, the most significant change is the CBO community grant funds were removed and completely zeroed out for these two budget years. On the revenue side, we were the 15% the revenue. We had already assumed an 18% revenue uh, reduction in our department submission. However, with, in the mayor's budget, we are assuming a 15% fee increase, so where our revenues are, are growing by that amount, which allowed us to reduce our use of fund balance to, um, we're, we're effectively using all of it. In our department submission, we had assumed we had more fund balance than we actually did, so we knew that there was a problem that needed to be dealt with in, mayor's, in the mayor's phase of the budget, and that hole has been closed. Next slide, please. 
On the position side, uh, some of the major labor changes, these are included on the previous slide, but here is the, the detail of those. Uh, four new positions had been proposed in the department phase, a, an analyst, an engineer, and a permit technician and a building inspector. Those have all been removed in the mayor phase and then a few substitutions um, of building plans engineer to engineer, those were also removed in the mayor's budget. So these, these are the major budget changes and I'd be happy to answer any questions on the budget process and where we are now, what is left to come in the finalization of this, this year's budget. Anybody on the commission with questions? Can you walk us through what is the what is the budget process going forward? So right now we're in the Board of Supervisors phase of the budget. They are holding hearings. There was one last Wednesday where we gave a high-level presentation on what the department is, what it does, uh, the values, and the high-level look at our budget. So. I gave a similar presentation that I gave to the BIC discussing the current financial position, the fund balance, and the projected use and the exhaustion in the next two years of our fund balance. Um, and tomorrow there will be a, the, the Board of Super, the Budget Analyst, which is a third party entity employed by the Board of Supervisors. They have been analyzing the department's budget over the past few weeks, and they are formulating recommend, recommended further changes to the budget. Those are always, in practice, reductions further. And so we have negotiated a further amount of reduction that the department believes it can accept, and that will be presented tomorrow. So we will be giving up an additional $10,000 of materials and supplies budget from what is shown and some continuing budgets and some encumbrances are being closed. Uh, assuming that in the meeting tomorrow will be the Board of Supervisors asking us, are we in agreement with the budget and legislative analyst? We will report that we are. And then hopefully the committee will recommend adoption of the amended budget to the full Board of Supervisors. The full Board of Supervisors will then discuss and hopefully approve, and then the mayor signs, and then they send it to the mayor, and the mayor signs and gives final approval on approximately August 1st. And one, one additional step I forgot to mention is any Anything in this phase, the Board of Supervisors are not allowed to increase the size of the city budget. They can only reduce or reallocate. Anything that they cut, they can then add back uh, for a different purpose. So um, DBI typically does not get add backs um, and funds that are Funds that are cut from DBI's budget by the board can only be used for uh, DBI purposes because DBI is funded by the Building Inspection Fund, which is a limited use special revenue fund. Um, 
However, in this case, there is an opportunity for the board to reallocate general fund cuts elsewhere in other departments to DBI should it choose to do so. That's not likely, though. It is not a typical thing that we have seen, and we'll, we'll see. I know there are intense lobbying efforts going on right now. I'd just like to say one thing before Commissioner Toot. Um, you're done. Oh, sorry. Um, that the things that we've been talking about, or at least that I personally have been focused on, which is streamlining the permit process, because this day was coming. And we all predicted it. There was at some point DBI was going to basically consume all its reserve and start really a you know, they'd have to balance a negative budget that they were dealing with. They didn't, you wouldn't have any more reserves because for the last two, if not three years, DBI has been relying on that reserve to balance their budget. And the things that are going to be affected are services, um, staff that, you know, DBI could potentially have hired. Um, so I just think that, um, you know, this is this shouldn't surprise anybody, but I think that all the efforts that have that DBI has made, along with planning to try to expedite things, I hopefully will add to the efficiency of DBI's operations. So that's all I have to say about that. Uh, Director Reardon, you want to add anything to that in terms of like staffing, operations, efficiencies? Well, I think for me, uh, I, I want to make sure that we preserve our core services, our mandated services, in so far as that we have a mandate to review and issue permits and conduct inspections, both building electrical housing inspections. We need to be able to continue to do all those things. And we, we, we are funded not by the general fund, but by our permit fees. Yeah. And... Um, with those permit fees, we provide those those mandated services. So I want to stick to the fact that we need to preserve our core services. Agreed. I don't have any other questions unless other commissioners do. Thank you. I, I do. Thank I, sorry. you. I, I fundamentally believe that housing code is our core service. And it is... confusing to me as a San Franciscan to have this conversation because almost three quarters of our city are renters. Many people live in dilapidated housing. No, housing code doesn't exist everywhere. People don't know about housing code unless they get taught it. We don't have an outreach and education arm of our, in our inspectors. Our inspectors respond to complaints only except for a very small number of um, of proactive inspections in common areas. So the idea that we could, that the rest of the, the city is engaged in racial equity conversations mandated by the Race Equity, equity Task Force, and they're going to go into a phase where we're looking at how are our services being received by San Franciscans? How are we promoting race equity in our service delivery system? And we're not sure if language and cultural competency is a core service or not. It's a core delivery of our service. And I think that people generally believe that. I think that it's this 
reliance on, oh, these are our core services is, is somewhat, it isn't reflected in everything else that is said. And so um, there, these were the decisions that were made, um, but I don't think, I don't think that having culturally competent language access and education of services that are not widely known is outside of our core services. So I, I just have to make, make that statement. Thank you, Commissioner Toot. We are on item D, um, Director's Report D, update on proposed or recently enacted state or local legislation. Hi, Commissioners, Carl Nacita, Legislative Affairs Manager for DBI with a brief update on legislative activities for the department. Slide number two. We'll start with three ordinances that have been passed by the Board of Supervisors recently that will soon become effective. And just a note, ordinances become effective 30 days after the mayor signs an ordinance or 10 days it becomes effective if she does not sign within 10 days of receiving that ordinance. So first listed on this slide is a permit fee waiver during the month of May for small businesses installing or replacing an awning and the mayor signed that ordinance on June 2nd. So it's also retroactive for May 2023. There's also an ordinance to require facade inspection reports for buildings constructed after 1998 and 15 stories or more. Mayor Breed signed that ordinance on May 26, 2023. Next slide. The next ordinance soon to become effective is a permit prioritization task force with DBI planning and public works to recommend prioritization guidelines for reviewing and issuing permits. The mayor actually returned this ordinance unsigned and in a letter said that these departments will operate under the guidance of her executive directive to reduce permitting times by at least 50% by early next year. Um, even though the mayor did not sign this, she did not veto it, so it will still become law. Next slide. The following ordinances, ordinances are making their way through the legislative process, none that are new to you. First, an ordinance amending the planning and building codes to facilitate residential adaptive reuse of non-residential buildings. This ordinance passed its first reading at the Board of Supervisors on June 13th, and we'll have its second reading, second and final reading next Tuesday, June 27th. Next slide. Um, there's also an ordinance creating a temporary amnesty program for unpermitted awnings with a streamlined process for bringing those into compliance. The Board's Land Use Committee recommended this ordinance to the full board with some amendments, none of which would affect the building code. And that ordinance will have its first reading at the board next Tuesday, June 27th. Next slide. You're familiar with this one from your special meeting last week. This is Supervisor Safai's proposed ordinance to amend the building code to outline the site permit application process. And Sonia's forwarded your recommendations to the Land Use Committee. We expect the Land Use Committee to hear this at its meeting on July 10th. And the committee will make a recommendation to the full Board of Supervisors. The last lo local piece of legislation on the next slide uh, to mention is the one you've already discussed, our proposed increase to amend the building code to increase fees by 15%. Next slide. Just a couple of uh, state legislation to keep you updated on of greatest consequence to DBI is AB 1114, Matt Haney's bill, which would make post entitlement permits mis uh, ministerial. That legislation is under review by the state Senate Governance and Finance Committee and the state Senate Housing Committee. And I will stop there. Happy to answer any questions. Could you expand a little bit on the task force on 230167, um, the permit pr pr prioritization? 
So this ordinance calls on the director of DBI, the director of planning, and the director of public works, as well as the president of the board of supervisors to appoint someone um, to join this task force to create guidelines that would be recommendations to these departments in prioritizing permits, uh, permit review. It would be advisory only and the guidelines would have to come to the BIC for your review and approval. Okay. So she returned it unsigned, the mayor to return it unsigned, but this still is going to be. She returned it unsigned and she didn't, she didn't veto it. So also at the board, it had a high enough number of votes that it would be veto proof. So she said in her letter to the board, uh, the mayor said that she thought this created unnecessary bureaucracy and that these departments are already, already working together and separately to reduce their processing times. Okay, the task force really has no authority though. Right. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, next we're on item E, update on inspection services. Um, good afternoon, President Vito, Vice President Tam, Commissioners. I'm Matthew Green, Acting Deputy Director for Inspection Services. I'm pleased to provide an update on the activities and performance of our Inspection Services Division. Uh, next slide. Um, in May, the Building Electrical and Plumbing Divisions conducted 10,713 inspections. 97% of these inspections were conducted within two business days of the date requested by the customer, meeting our target of 90%. Next slide. Uh, in the same month, our housing inspection services conducted 1,029 inspections, with 209 of them being routine inspections of multifamily housing. Next, next slide. Uh, the building electrical and plumbing divisions received 446 complaints and responded to 100% of them within three business days, well exceeding the target of 85%. Our code enforcement division sent 74 cases onto director's hearing. Next slide. Um, our housing inspection services received 34 safety and heat complaints and responded to 88% of them within one business day. They received 368 other complaints and responded to 92% of them within three business days. Housing inspection services also abated 422 cases with the notice of violation and sent 36 cases on to director's hearing. Uh, thank you, that concludes my report. I'm available for any questions you may have. No questions from us. Okay, thank you. There are no questions. Is there any public comment on the director's report item? Um, there's no public, none in person, none remotely. Okay, and so we had voted to continue um, items 10 and 11. So uh, next would be adjournment unless there's any other. Um, before we go to German, I wanted to um, say that, you know, all of us as a, the entire commission turns out on July 1st at noon, so we may or may not see each other um, in July. And um, I know that I've enjoyed working with all of you, but, and I hope to see you, including myself, you know, next month. Um, but I wanted to give a chance for other commissioners to say something, and I know that Commissioner Tam particularly wants to uh, have some parting words. So, as you all know, we are coming up on term July 1st, and um, I will not be joining this commission next term. Um, 
I want to take this time to really thank all my fellow commissioners. Um, I've learned past and present um, for being here because of, you know, people think that we're here, we get paid. We do not. This is a, a duty of mm -hmm. passion, compassion, and I applaud all of you for that. I've learned a lot from my peers here. I've learned a lot from the department, from director and the entire staff at DBI. I've learned a lot from Sonia. And, you know, I really want to take the moment here to thank all of you. I mean, um, just for myself, you know, born and raised in Chinatown, and you guys might not know this, five high schools, GED. I never have ever, would have guessed that I would be sitting here amongst all of you. And so um, I hold this dear to my heart, and I encourage anybody that wants to serve, get out there and do it. Um, it would be life-changing, and you can definitely make an impact because I felt, you know, if whoever stays or whoever goes, I think we, I'm leaving a department better than when I first started with it. So thank you all so much. We're going to miss you, Commissioner Tam, and that's uh, – with 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 uh, the the notion that not all of us we're not sure who's coming back, but um, nonetheless we will we'll miss each other. I'll be around. <laughs> Anything else before we make a motion to adjourn? Motion to adjourn. Seconded. Okay. Okay. Thank you. We're now adjourned. It is one twenty one p.m. Do we have to vote on the adjournment? Uh, anybody want to adjourn? All in favor? I don't Aye. think anybody can object. <laughs> Who objects? <laughs>